This is an explicit podcast. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, a match play podcast coming to you from New Zealand. I'm your host, Sean, and I'm joined by my co-host, Other Sean. How you going, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, yeah, I thought I'd lay <laughs> off the little Sean, big Sean, because give it, it's getting a little old. Give me a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll go easy on you. Uh, this is the Warhost Review Show, um, a tournament I attended, and unfortunately, Other Sean did not attend, um, but... Don't worry, listeners. Uh, I'll be going over my games that I played and, and my thoughts of the event and so on and so forth. Uh, but we've also managed to wrangle a guest on tonight, uh, backed by popular demand and request. We have Lee. How's it going, Lee? Yeah, not too bad. How are you, boys? So you mean by popular yeah. demand, I'm the only person that you could get to do this on a Wednesday night, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it's a school night. So, um, yeah, there, there wasn't a lot of people putting their hands up, is, is what I'll say nicely. Um, no, 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 we thought we'd have you back on. Um, you finished, uh, pretty well without giving anything away. Yeah. I believe you bring a decent insight. Anyway, that's enough of me trying to find nice things to say about yourself. So we're here to talk to you about Warhost. So what was Warhost? Warhost was the first match play tournament in the world for AOS 2. Uh, Six Nations was on the same weekend, not nearly as popular as Warhost. Um, but, but that was hosted in the UK. Maybe list drama And too. we're in New Zealand. <laughs> oh, I think we can give them a run for money, eh? I don't know. I'm, I am, as, as you guys know, I'm, I am partial to some drama. So, and there was some drama this weekend. So we'll touch on that. Uh, so yeah, Warhost's first event in the world by a matter of 12 hours or so. Uh, we had 20 players, um, for the first day. And then, um, we'll get into the second day when we get to it. So five round match play AOS two. Um everything that came out on the AOS two release weekend was in use, so that's endless spells, we weren't playing in realms. The Stormcast and Night Stormcast and Night Haunt book were not in effect, because uh, they came out after the cutoff, but pretty much everything else. Um so we went away to Hamilton, uh which is where the event was hosted, and we had um five Sometimes some of us had four great games of Warhammer, but uh, me and Lee will get into that for you now. Uh, so I'll kick off my game. Uh, so just a quick recap of what I was running. I was running Stormcast Eternal. Um, I was from the round of Haish so I could get Lens, because uh, that's a beautiful little artifact. I had a... Uh, Drake Sworn Templar, who was my general, Staunch Defender. I had a Lance, Lens of Refraction, King Claude, uh, Lord Castellant for the buff, uh, plus one save buff, Ordinator to make my balances better, uh, Relicta with Blessed Weapons to again trigger with the balances, uh, Knight and Cantor, and a Spell Weaver. Uh, had a Burning Head as an endless spell. And then I had, uh, three times five units of Liberators, a unit of Tempesters, and then four balances. Uh, so the story of this army is that um, I'm going to try cast Burning Head and put it behind my balusters to get reroll ones. The ordinator will buff the balusters and hopefully I'll get a blessed weapons up on the balusters. So the idea is that the balusters pretty much just shoot off key targets um, and sort of turn one and two. And then my army sort of slowly 
and it's very slow, go out and sort of score late game. Mm-hmm. Um, it worked well one game. Uh, it worked pretty well another game, but we'll get into it a bit later. My opponent just outclassed me for speed and board control. Um, and in the other two games, it was a bit of a fast, to be honest. Um, it's a very one-sided list. You run into the com, you run into combat with the balusters and it almost falls by the wayside. Um, you don't roll sort of average on the balusters and again, it falls from the wayside. Uh, so it's a very mono boring list. So my game one, we're playing, uh, is it three places of arcane power? Is that what it was called? That's the one. Lee? Yeah. That's the one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So the ones with wizards and artifacts scoring. Um, and I was playing Ron. Uh, Ron was a Seraphon player. I was, I was a little worried about his, um, his list because he didn't, he had a couple of slant on his list, no croak. Um, he had six heroes in total. He was a one drop. He had the battalions from the general's handbook and he had a bunch of skinks and saurus out on the board who, um, could flood the board pretty easy. Uh, so he deployed. Um, it's a pretty straightforward game and my list did what it was supposed to do. I deployed, uh, so he dropped on one. I deployed him about 15 and then. Oh no, sorry, he didn't drop in one. He split out all his drops. Um, and he was still well ahead of me. He had about 13 or so drops. Uh, he took the first turn. He moved up. Uh, he teleported a slant across the board. And oddly, he didn't take the objective, which I thought was a bit weird. Um, Seraphon magic isn't that overwhelming. He does have a lot of spells, but he sacrifices a lot of them to generate summoning points. Um, and he doesn't have a lot of offensive spells without croak. He has a lot of sort of buffing and support spells to his units. Um, so really, just the story of this game is that um, Ron moves around a little bit in the first turn. I double-turned him. My first turn was pretty underwhelming. My second turn, um, I think I shot off his old blood on Dinosaur, and um, it was another hero. Maybe it was a, it was a Slan, killed one of his Slans. And by turn three, I think all but one of his heroes were dead, and, and I had a, my Drake Sworn on the middle objective scoring right away. So it was a pretty straightforward sort of boring game my list sort of did what it was supposed to do um and ron unfortunately didn't have much of a counter because he was all melee and he was sort of kept at arm's length and and then i double turned him and this the first turn was slow but the second turn was devastating i was rolling really hot for the balances um and from about turn three onwards it was just pain playing for kill points because i believe the objective score was 10 nil to me and i think he had an astroloft banner left as well who was at the back of the board uh, so there was no way he was coming back. So it was a pretty routine sort of game, a, a nice game to sort of start day one of a tournament with. Um, Did yeah, I, I appreciated. Yeah, so in the second turn, he first turn he brought up ten skinks, and then second turn he brought up um, three ripperdactyls, I believe it was, or Terran riders. I think it was rippers, the combat ones. Um, and it was really just a desperation play to try to kill off some liberators. Um, like this, this game was pretty one-sided after that first double turn. Um, that's why I'm not really talking about it at great length. Um, I got my heroes on, all three of the heroes on the objectives in the second turn and they just scored. And, um, and that was more or less game, but he has a lot of infantry on the board. I think off the top of my head, he had like 20 Saurus, 10 Saurus, 20 Skinks or something like that. And I thought he was just going to sort of flood the board, zone out spaces, and make me work through all of that sort of stuff, why he maybe summons a couple of besties. Because uh, he did tell me how many points he can generate a turn, and I believe it's 
13 in total a turn if he rolls high on the d3 maybe even 14 it was three per spell he foregoed and he was three of them so that's nine and then it was one of his generals still alive at the end of the hero phase which brings it to 10 i think it's d3 in the banner bearer um so he was very he sort of was up front and talked to me about it um but it was really a non-factor in the game because i what i didn't realize is that you have to set up sort of wholly within i think it's about 10 or 12 inches of the slant um, and his, his general, who had the ethereal amulet, which saved him, um, made him last sort of till about turn three, I think it was. Um, he was just hiding at the back of the board behind some scenery, not doing anything. So why he did summon a couple of things that were so far removed from the actual, um, from what was going on in the game, they just had no influence whatsoever. Uh, so yeah, my list of what it did, I think Ron was a little bit too scared. I don't think he really wanted to come at me. Um, I don't think it helped him as well that um, Ron's one of the Auckland lads and, <laughs> and his Auckland mates was uh, was giving him heaps of shit during this game. They were just <laughs> laying it on him. Uh, Finn and Ben were constantly coming up to Ron, just giving him arseholes. And every time they sort of came along and gave him arseholes, Ron seemed to roll um, once and so on. So it was, it was really, it was really stink for Ron. But it was good to play Ron again. Um, last time I played him was a few years ago. But yeah, my list did what it what it was supposed to do, and um, his list didn't really have any answers. The only critique I'd have is that he set up a slant off an objective, but it was sort of three inches just off the objective, which I thought was really weird. Um, but it didn't matter because I had some Tempests drop drop down, shot him, and then moved into my... And then I got double. They moved forward and just mortal and breathed him off. Did he teleport on, um, or did so he walk on? He, yeah, he teleported on. I think you have to move to cap it anyway, so maybe that's why. I think it's just sort of set up within X amount of inches. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, all these objectives have been sort of standardized. Yeah, plus this mission is an uh, open I one think you can, where you can die on the objective and I think it stays. Just, you control it. Wow, yeah. There's some discussion about that. I think you can score yeah. unless you retreat onto it. All right. Is that this one? It just says the normal rules for controlling an objective are not in use of this battle. Set of player controls an objective of a hero or wizard. Hero of artifact that is a wizard. Um, any type. Or any type of move apart from a treat move. Yeah, so you're right. So that might have been why. But he was still like, he could have just sort of set up on it and then just wiggled him the next turn and been like, yeah, I've capped it. Um, that was something I was also concerned about is I had, uh, five heroes, maybe six heroes. I can't remember now off the top of my head, but I've only, only had two wizards and one with an artifact of power. Whereas in Ron's list, he had, uh, three wizards, and then the other three heroes had artifacts, I believe it was. So any of his heroes could score, whereas only a small handful of mine could. Um, but that's enough from me rambling about my game. Lee, do you want to jump into your game one and go uh, from there? Yeah, so I took Sylvaneff again. Um, so I had a Tree Lord Ancient with Nolbor and Moonstone as my general. Uh, Branch Witch with uh, the Lens of Refraction, because you know, everyone's going to take Lens at the moment. Uh, Branch Wraith, uh, Dreitcher, an Archmage, 10 Dryads, 5 Tree Revs, 5 Tree Revs, 6 Hunters with Scythes, and 3 Hunters with Swords. And I took 3 Endless sp- uh, Swords. Um, I think they covered this pretty well last time. That we took the, uh, the, the Swords, because normally th- there's a massive uh, chaos <laughs> contingent at tournaments, and there wasn't this time. Um, but, there, but the other Endless Spells were Shackles and the Palisade. Um, so first round, I drew James Page and his death list, um, which I, if I was going to draw him in any of the battle plans, I was I was glad it's the first one. 
I'm not glad it was the first one by the end of it. Um, but because I got properly schooled for this game, uh, I got I went first, and I did that mistake I do sometimes where I go a little bit too aggressive on all three of the um, objectives, and I just spread myself way too thin. Um, only got half the buff up, so I didn't get the um, Archmage buff up, so there wasn't the extra ward save. Uh, pushed up, didn't do that much damage with the um, the Dreitcher, um shooting in the 18-inch bubble, but managed to claim all the three objectives in the first time, uh, first round. Then I met the zombie dragon with the amulet. Um, that's really good. <laughs> we might be seeing a lot of them now. <laughs> um, so <laughs> zombie dragon that can heal itself and ignores rend is a bit powerful, particularly if it doesn't have to face the six scythe hunters because they've been cursed years off in the first. Oh pair. man, that's that's so, fucking <laughs> rough. Want to tell me about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. First spell of the game, he cast it on a nine, and I was like, I don't think I can roll a ten, so I let it go through, <laughs> and yeah, oh, like, straight off the straight off the bat, curse of years, six hunters, full health, off they go, and um, the whole idea of the way I was playing was to hold all three for the first round. I knew I'd lose um, one of them that the archmage was holding. But then I could sort of collapse back using the um, the hunters as like a chaff screen, try and hold off the stuff for another couple of rounds. So yeah, it, that 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 went really badly. Um, so by the end of the first round, I'd lost the arc mage, three sword hunters, and six scythe hunters. Uh, managed to uh, summon some dryads so I could screen the middle objective. So I held that for the second turn. But by the third turn, he'd taken out most of my heroes, apart from the Branch, Wraith, Witch, and Freelord Ancient. So I castled up in one corner, holding one objective, but didn't have enough to push on to the second one. Um, you know, when you look back in hindsight in a, into a game, and there was one chance where I had the zombie dragon down to about three wounds, and I forgot to try and charge the tree revs into him. And it would just have been a case of if I'd have chipped off those extra wounds, I might have had a chance. But by, like I say, didn't do that. He then healed his zombie dragon and just claimed the middle objective and the far objective on the left. And just um, by the time he got round to round five, was just scoring more than I was. Yeah, uh, and, and that's the thing about that mission is you have to get on it early and you have to sort of score to at least turn three I think it is to really have a chance with at least one hero and if you can't sort of survive that long then it's just a matter of um, hoping your opponent sort of fucks up in all honesty yeah I, I think it, like in if I played it again it, it is that collapsible way you try and claim all three if you can hold them till round two and then collapse back trying to just hold two and then maybe hold one then you should win it but I didn't. I really wanted to hold all three in the first round and stop him scoring any of them, so that he was always that point behind. But um, but yeah, that didn't work out. The um, ah, the endless spell that the is the scythe that did a lot of work down one side, and it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Apart from that, pendulum, pendulum. That's it. Apart from the original, mortal wounds if it hits you. 
Yeah. Uh, after that yeah. first deployment, it's not too bad because you can just it just edges past you. But in that initial, it went straight through uh, hunters and the arc mage, and yeah, that 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 really started the uh, taking out the sword hunters. So was there. he was he kind of shotgunning it out of that the, vampire lord? Was he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everything was pushing up. He used both. He used double command points on Arcan to increase the distance By of his 12. spells. So where I thought, yes. yeah. So I thought I was where I moved up my hunters. I thought I was still out of range, but yeah, not not of curse of years. It turns out. Oh man, that's so rough, especially because that's your big meat stick, um, melee unit going down. Yeah. After that, you don't you don't have a yeah. lot left. And, well, no, you, you sort of, you, you, one of the contingency is that you can lose two or three of them, and then over the game you start growing them back using your spells. But yeah, when you lose all of them in one go, and I'd spread out way too thin to try and consolidate for a round. Yeah, it's uh, rough. But yeah, um, so uh, I was like, great, this is going to be a really, really long weekend after that. <laughs> so... Um, because the Archmage uh, spell, which gives the 18-inch um, six ward save, goes off on a six, uh, six, and that didn't go off at all. Um, later, when we talked one about one of the other games, it, it actually was worth taking. But but in that first game, it did absolutely nothing. Yeah, I sort of, I mean, you always have these moments when you're in a tournament and you're like, why did I take this? This is awful. I mean, even with artifacts and command traits and so on and so forth. So you just sort of hope that it will have a place at the time of the event um it was like mine like lens of refraction had bugger all use in the first game but in the second game um it had far more use so um i guess i'll jump into my second game so after a pretty chunky win um major win with about 1700 kill points i think i played tim uh formerly narrative extraordinaire now um roided up power gamer um running his running his death list <laughs> Um, I'm only saying that because I know Tim will very much appreciate that sort of commentary about himself. Um, so what did Tim have? Now, I had his list open up, and I don't know what I've done with it. Tim was running Def. Um, it actually wasn't a Legion of Sacrament. Uh, so he had a Nagash and Arcan. so Nagash's general. Uh, he had Arcan. Uh, he had two Morgas Archai, um, so like the big hell of birds, is that what they're called? Um, big turn of weapons that do rend two, three damage. Nasty. Uh, ten grave guard, ten grave guard, and then a mortis engine, and then he had purple sun, which I was super happy to see. Um, and then he also had spell portal, which I was not happy to see. <laughs> uh, so we were playing uh, focal point, I believe it's called. Uh, so it's kind of like battle for the past that people don't know, except it's a diagonal deployment and there's an objective in the middle, and you have to hold your one and the one that's opposite you to get sort of the double points. Um, otherwise, you only score one point. Unless you're holding the middle objective, uh, then that's worth two points. So Tim L drops me in this, and he moves forward. He uh, leaves Arcane way at the back. Uh, so we, <laughs> me and Tim actually had a big discussion about this at the start of the game, saying, I don't want you to put fucking Hand of Dust for a portal in my face, because I, I know that's what you're going to do. So how far away do we have to deploy to to make that not happen turn one um and tim started running through the mass of it and i think he just saw my glazed over look or possibly boredom and he says let's just call it 30 inches we'll call it 30 inches it's a safe number so i was like sweet so he measured it out and he was like yeah anything behind this line here 
you're absolutely fine for. I was like, great. Um, so I pretty much just dropped everything in the middle, um, sort of between the two objectives on my side. Um, pretty much just put out a gun line and then put out the liberators in front of, in front of the gun line, gun line. Uh, Tim took first turn. He put Arcan, as I said, quite close to the back of the board. Um, Arcan summoned Spell Portal, which was a good play by him. Um, because I had my, I had my two auto dispels in range of Nagash, but not in range of Arcan because of how far back he'd deployed him. Um, so I couldn't auto dispel Spell Portal, which is really what I was wanting to do. Um, because I knew he was just going to pretty much put that up and then just ruin my weekend. So he cast Spell Portal, he cast it on like, uh, I don't know, like 49 with all his pluses to cast. Um, and then he puts it, puts the first one in front of Nagash, and then the second one, Holy with an 18 of that, which was pretty much about sort of eight, eight inches or so in front of my army. Um, and then he just started doing all sorts of dirty things to me. Um, casting spells left, right, and center, left, right, and center. Uh, the only spell, so I, I scrolled Purple Sun, um, and I think that was more, I don't, I don't think that was a sort of the best thing to do in the end, because the idea of it is fucking terrifying, especially if your army was as bunched up as mine. Um, but in reality, it wasn't actually that bad. Um, he got it off eventually. I've written in my book here that he's, he did lots of spells and Tim had a cheat sheet, so I do appreciate that. And he had each spell printed off and laminated into little cards as well. So he was giving them to me and I was just like, oh God, this is offensive, this is supportive. Um, I sort of lost track of it all, to be honest. It was a bit overwhelming. Um, my army was just completely outclassed by this. Um, so I've written in here that he puts up in my little Warhammer book, um, that he put up his portal and he chucked a whole lot of spells through. Um, and I only took five mortal wounds to the entirety of my force and the reason for that is because I had everything sort of just in front of or bubbled or at least within six inches of my Drake Swan, which had lens. Um, and lens rolled big here. And I even got Tim to say fuck lens, which was a, a victory that I, <laughs> that I was pretty happy with. So yeah. Um, then we go into my turn one and, um, I've just run here. I did three wins to Nagash and that's about the story of the game, really. Um, I wasn't too sure what to do. I didn't want to, um, so he sort of just pushed up in the middle, put his archive around one flank to sort of sweep around. Arcan sort of stayed at the bank and his skeletons went and picked up the side objective and the middle objective. Didn't want to kill his graveguard because I knew they could just come back and as a whole group. So that sort of felt like pissing in the wind. I was thinking I could possibly shoot off Arcan, but I was thinking if I can take out his magic battery, which is Nagash. Um, then I would be in a good position. So I just sort of went balls deep and just shot everything I had at Nagash. And I hit with most of it. But then when I came to, you know, D6 number of wounds, it would be like two, three. And Nagash had Mystic Shield. So he was at a, with the Ren 2, he was at a five up rerolling once. Um, so Nagash was tanking quite a bit of it, but my, my rolls were sort of, well below what I would expect, or at least what I'd hope to kill um, Nagash with. Uh, we go into the priority roll. Tim wins the priority roll. Uh, it's the story of the game. And then he just um, he just went to town on my liberators. I had 15 liberators, uh, which were sort of my main scoring units in this game, and he killed all 15 in one turn with spells because um, they'd moved up to sort of try a roadblock, put a bump in the road between the chunk of my army and him, and he um, he just wiped off all the liberators which sort of forced me to play very aggro because now I've only got sort of 
I've got four ballasters, but they move three inches a turn, and they were nowhere near objectives. So it means I only have about five units to score objectives. And Tim scored four points in the first round. I scored two. Yeah, so he charged and gashed and some liberators just whopped him. Um, Tim scored another four points, and I went bottom of turn two. Um, I killed his two archive because they were threatening an objective which I could quite easily hold. Um, and I sort of wanted to keep them off, so I shot them with a ballister. I think one ballister killed one and a half, so then I shot the other ballister, well, one of the other ballisters at it. Went back to shooting the gash, which I don't even know why. Like, it was so pointless to me. I should have just shot Arcane off instead, because the gash does spells in his turn and then heals. Um, so that was just, again, this army just completely outclassed mine. Um, I did shoot Nagash, and I got him to, I think, eight wounds at this turn. And my Drake was in a position to charge. My Drake's one Templar. And I was thinking, if I can get into Nagash, I could hopefully kill him if he had maybe like five, six wounds left. Um, just with some lucky rolls. But in combat, he would be four up rerolling ones. And what I was hoping for is sixes to hit on the spear, because then he can do D6 mortal wounds. But the thing about this Star Drake and the Drake's one Templar in general is... They're not very good at killing tanky heroes. They're really good at killing hordes, like lots of cheap shit, but when you come up against something elite. So long story short, I rolled a charge. I rolled like a 10. I could have charged Nagash, or I could have charged from Graveguard. Me and Tom had a quick chat about it. Um, I bitched out <laughs> and charged a Graveguard and killed 10 Graveguard. And then Tim returned the favor by winning a priority roll, and first thing he does oh, is hand him oh. dust off the Drake. Um, so oh. just... <laughs> that was... <laughs> yeah. so the Drake was full wounds. I uh, hadn't taken a wound, um, and had killed ten Graveguard. And then Tim was just like, "Let me show you how this game's going to unfold." <laughs> he just fucking reached around my Drake, and um, at that point, it was pretty much game. Um, it was, turn three, it was quite funny. Was by, by the end of the second round. Death was just slaughtering. Well, there was three, three death armies, four death armies, three, I think, and they I... were just stomping everybody. The four, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And so they all had arcane. Yeah, and they were just uh. yeah, they were blowing everybody away in those first two games. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. So Tim just yeah handed us my Drake Swan, and at that point I'd lost. Uh, three units of five liberators, um, a Drake Swan Templar, and possibly a hero. Um, I'm not entirely sure. My, I had some Tempesters up in the sky who I was hoping would drop, uh, but they dropped in turn three, which was a pain in the ass, um, cause I was really wanting to put a minus one hit on the Gash cause he's a beast in combat. And that would have really been the only way that I could have, um, sort of held him up. And my Drake Swan Templar doesn't have Mystic, uh, doesn't have a reroll one. So I was relying on Mystic Shield, which was just a no-go against this Death Army, because he was just dispelling anything that I had. So, so yeah, so I just played full aggro from that point out. He scored seven points in his turn three. I scored five points because I was able to drop some stuff down and sort of score behind his lines, but all that meant is that he turned his army around. Um, I think I killed about three to four hundred points of his army, ten Graveguard and two Morgas Archive, however many points that is. Um, and he killed all but a Salastar Ballista. I believe it was Nagash double one to charge on the last turn, which um, didn't make me feel any better, but made me gave me a brief hint of a smile, and, and Tim was a bit frustrated, I think. So it was awesome. Uh, I love playing Tim. Tim's great fun. He's a lovely guy. Um, but my God, I've he's always run Nagash as well. As, as long as I've known him, he's run Nagash. 
and now he's having his day in the sun and just with endless spells and with um the legends of night book he's just on a whole nother level he really is an 800 point hero i got to control purple sun once because he got it up in turn three i think it was i ran over nagash and it hit him and i was fucking i was just ready to to jump around and high five everyone i rolled 2d6 and i did like six wounds to him and then nagash saved four of them with his mortal wound save and i was just like fuck this game this is so dumb <laughs> but yeah no so tim stomped me uh so that was my that was my game too um how about you lee uh, so I was facing uh, the guy that got me into the hobby, Tom, and he's Brayherd. And I've been giving Tom quite a bit of crap for playing Brayherd for a while. And then when this got drawn on this one, this was the worst scenario for me and probably the best for him because there's so many objectives spread out and I haven't got many units. So I was genuinely worried that I'd be hearing about this game for the rest of my life if he if he beat me. Um but spoiler that that didn't happen. Luckily, it nearly did. Um, so started with deployment, and luckily we had quite a bit of space on the table for me. So I just put out as many um, trees as I could, uh, put them everywhere. I knew I was going to go first um, because he was like a four or five drop with the was it Wild Stalker Battalion, where he can keep stuff off the board, but that will come over. Um, it will come on from board uh, board edges over the next what, the first two turns. So, um, yeah, I went first and, like I say, just put down as many trees as I could. Uh, the Tree Lord's ability went off, so I got trees there. Um, he was too far away to dispel, so I managed to get Further Blessing off, so I got more trees down. So I'd covered probably a third to two-thirds of the board in trees before he had a chance to move. Um, so that was quite cool. Uh, I put shackles, uh, cast shackles in front of his um, Gorgon trying to slow that down and then just moved some units around to score some points so concentrated on the right with my tree lord ancient and the first lot of dryads to score the point there uh pushed some sword hunters into the middle uh to take the two point objective and slowly made the um Dreitcher and the unit of six hunters mo uh, move towards his stuff and his home objectives um Tom's first go, he he came on, dispelled shackles, which was a bit annoying, and that Gorgon got into right through and did nine wounds, I think, eight, nine years, that's, wounds. I think that's the thing yeah. with shackles too, eh? you put it down, you're like, <laughs> so, yes, this awesome spell, and then the shittest wizard walks up and he's like, no, bolt, and that's it. Take it off. Yeah, yeah, I I think it's, by, by the end of the weekend, I got a bit better at using it. Um. I think its strength is making them making your opponent use a spell yeah, to get rid of it. That's I think the where the where the strength is in it. Um, but yeah, definitely the more it's just like anything. The more we you using it, the better we got a placement and making it so they the opponent had to make those difficult uh, decisions. Um, so with Brayherd's bravery is so bad in that first turn, I didn't get much of uh, Dreitch's shooting off, but it was still enough to pretty much uh, battleshot half a unit of his gore off, so he'd already been weakened down on one side. Um, Tom had his go, like I say, absolutely pummeled Dreitcher. Uh, then there were a big unit of gore came on, and the best of gore started trying to make, or big dirty block of gore tried to make its way to um, towards the Tree Lord Ancient, along with the chariot. Uh, I was lucky and got the turn roll, 
so I could set up some buffers along the way. So I was still caught, uh, at scoring points and managed to control four of the objectives by the end of my second go by just pushing forward and taking out it. It only left Ungor raiders in the backfield. So the, uh, sword hunters managed to get through them quite easily. Uh, so yeah, carried on like that. I retreated right throughout the way. Um, and the the scythe hunters took care of the gorgon. Um, I say that thing's great on the charge, but it just falls apart when anything meaty goes into it. So I started to feel a bit happier about this, and then Tom ploughed in with I think it was like twenty seven gore into the tree lord ancient, and you just got a feel for Brayhurt <laughs> players. They you know they get their big units in. They've only got a one inch reach. They're on big bases. Uh, once the stomp goes off, they're hitting on fours or fives. I think it was. Um, so even with all that, all that melee going on, I think he scored. Yeah, no rend, no rend. And then the tree, <laughs> no rend. Uh, the tree, the, the tree lord ancient went back into him and did full fifth. Oh, I've got it here. Fourteen wounds <laughs> with its three swipes, and then another wound afterwards. So it took fifteen of them off, and the rest of them all runs a battle shock. <laughs> He's just like that, that. That shouldn't happen from a tree lord ancient. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like this. You kind of feel like really awkward, <laughs> you know. So um, yeah, so that that from that moment it was pretty much game over. Um, just mopping up a few points here and there. Um, he threw his beast lord into the tree lord ancient, and then he's got a herdstone axe that, if he causes any damage, um, on a roll of a six. Oh, yeah, yes, oh, please awesome. send me to it. I've done yes. it to your tree and you cried. Please send me in. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it happened again, and I've never seen anyone so excited in my life. <laughs> and it was, it was, it, it was, it, even with all the drama afterwards, that was worth going to Hamilton just alone. Because, <laughs> like, he was jumping all over, but you heard it from about four tables away. I, th- I think everybody oh. heard it. And... <laughs> I think it made me piss my pants a little. I just hear this, yes, <laughs> take it off. <laughs> and, and Tom is just sitting there like he's just won the whole tournament himself. Uh, but no, that, was, that was really fucking cool. That was yeah. awesome. What no, a- it was so good. <laughs> so good. Um, so yeah, so I'd like to say Brayherd's just really up against it, but I think any Brayherd player just lives for those moments. Mm. So uh, yeah, so no, it was it was it's, it was always good. I've never played I've oh, played Tom once in a competition, so but it's always good to play Tom. It's always fun, and because this was a narrative event, I I listened to his narrative for what felt like about forty eight minutes. Um, so before we started, so that was cool as well. Well, at least someone shared narrative with you. I never, I never got narrative. Timmy tells me he told me narrative, and I said the narrative was that you explained to me why you went in the hero phase and roll some dice, and then tell me what happens. And oh. I don't think he much appreciated that. That's <laughs> all right. Oh no, yeah. Tom had a big story coming up. It all explained it. There were wins involved, uh, but yeah, I think I played three narrative players over the uh, uh, Tim. Definitely um, explained all his narrative, and Jono uh, was playing to his narrative for the first day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, 
Yeah. Which is really cool. Which is really cool. Really I think we failed to mention it, but there was a narrative um, part to the tournament as well uh, to acknowledge the whole freeway supply. So when you submitted your list, uh, you wrote a little narrative um, lore story behind uh, why you picked your well, not why you picked Jeremy, but what what your army is doing and sort of what it's t- trying to achieve in its own sort of story. And um, some people got very involved in it, which was awesome to see. And some people like myself just didn't even really acknowledge its existence. Um, so, you know, everyone's sort of their own player. So the people that wanted sort of narrative um, definitely took to it, um, which was awesome to see. But the people sort of like myself who couldn't really care um, didn't really pay much attention to it. So we all submitted stories beforehand. Uh, well, about 90%, 80% of us submitted stories. And the players voted on the best narrative story. And there was a prize to that, which was. Um, a gaming mat, a gaming mat, um, which was worth about 150 bucks. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, so well done to Andy for winning the narrative of the niche. Wrote a nice little story and had some pictures, which is awesome. Um, I didn't play Andy, so I can't comment as to what his narrative was in game or anything like that. But um, but he took yeah. it out quite convincingly, I believe. <clears throat> I think uh, Jonathan came second with his with his narrative as well. So and yeah, like I say what what I liked about Jonathan's was that he was. Um, he was playing to it, so he um, said that uh, one unit was the prison guards for a vampire lord. So he, no matter what happened in the the games for the first day, they had uh, they had to stick together. So oh. yeah, I, I think that's yeah, it's quite difficult if you're if you're going into a competitive game to actually play narratively yeah. like that. So and he's sort of to do games on that first day. Yeah, you just like pigeonhole your way into a playstyle. So yeah. So yeah, no, it was, it was good. It was good though, and good on John for actually playing. So I don't know if anyone else did. Um, and I don't mean that in a dismissive way. I just mean I, I didn't talk to people about it. So I'm sure he was, but I just I'm not aware of it. Um, so we're going to game freely, which will be a bit of a a tag team effort here because <laughs> we played each other. Shock yep. horror. Yep. It's the f- first time we've ever played in a in a tournament. Absolutely, yeah. We've played many times outside of tournament, but um, but never played in a competitive environment. Um, so we were playing uh, shifting objectives, uh, which I quite liked. I thought it was quite cool. Um, my very, army was just well slow. Yeah, yeah. So got to the table, or well, we'll talk Eventually. about that a bit later. We we found <laughs> the table, or someone found us a table, um, and we. Uh, Lee puts down, we roll up scenery, uh, it's like two bits of arcane, one being right in the middle, which was a huge piece of scenery, and then one on the other side, Lee puts down his woods right next to it, roll off, I win the roll, um, I sort of, I'm an R about, do I want the side with the woods, or do I want the side without the woods, um, and I took the side with the woods in the end, um, I and I don't so know if that was the right idea. So happy you <laughs> took it. <laughs> so, clearly it wasn't the right idea. <laughs> <laughs> But no, no, so that was, that was that. Um, Lee out deploys me. Oh no, you split up your deployment too, didn't you? Yeah. So yeah. someone, yeah, with the new rules, he, I can just drop as, uh, individually until, um, till you want and then you, oh well, the rest of your battalion. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I thought you'd cool. just yeah. had to do it all one by one or all one drop. Well, I thought I'd have to drop in the two mini depart, uh, yeah. like the household and then the null route. That's what I used to do. But uh, no, they said to me that yeah, with the new F, I haven't seen it, but they said that you can deploy oh, yeah. 
individually That's until you want. Strange. Sort of, of takes away yeah. the worst part about having a low drop so, army, yeah. I, yeah. Is setting up and then not being able to react to anything. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I haven't read it either, but I know that's how it's been ruled and played. Um, so that's that's something to look out for. Um, so yeah, Lee split up his deployment. And as I said, there was this big piece of scenery. What's it called? Like a prone of skulls piece of scenery in the middle? Blood yeah. skulls? It's the GW one. Oh, that it's fucking awful skulls thing on it. It's like uh, to really awkward yeah. to stand on. Um, throne of skulls, yeah. I think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Three, so that... it's three inches <laughs> high, if you were worried. <laughs> Yeah, so it was right in the middle of the board, uh, which is good and bad because it provided some line of sight blocking and it filled up a big part of the board. But that's one objective was sort of based around it. Um, and I sort of put my ballistas in the middle along a line, sort of same old story, really put my drag behind it, put some liberators in front of it. Um, yeah, then Lee, Lee went first. Um, and I've put here that you summoned two trees. Um, and, you moved on to objectives, um, and you scored four points. Is that about yeah, right from so what you remember? I'm yeah, sure so there's we, more to it. Uh, so uh, we rolled for which one was the going to be worth the three points, and it was on the far left. So I put some trees down there and then just summoned ten dryads into that. And I thought it when we've played before, it's always been really, really close. So I, I knew that trying to get as many points as you could early up. So I run. Uh, or moved Jai to her nine inches to just get within the middle um, objective as well, so I could get that point, so I knew I'd have four on the board. But I didn't want to overextend, especially after the first game, to try and get all three. Yeah, yeah, and that was and, and that was it. You scored four points in that first turn, which was really good. Um, and then I went, um, I cast Burning Head, which had some significance. We'll get to soon. Um, I shot off the unit of drides that was on the primary objectives um, with my ballisters, so it was 10 drides gone as quickly as they came up. Um, and then I had moved, uh, I dropped some of my liberators on the opposite objective, so it wasn't the primary, um, and I ran, I think it was a ran a hero forward, or maybe some liberators forward to that middle one, just where Dreitcher was sitting behind that stupid piece of scenery. <laughs> Um, and so I scored two points. I scored, I scored two points in that turn, and then we roll off, and I believe Lee wins the roll off, yep. and um, we had this long conversation about what exactly does the burning head do to my army, considering it's sitting like right in the middle of my army, um, and the long and the short of it was that um, if he gives me the turn, he can move the head over, probably a good sort of six to seven. Maybe three mm. ballistas and about four heroes and a unit of liberators. And, um, yeah, and yeah. heard it. And, and he, and Lee was just looking at me like, are, are you I, trying to fuck with me? Like, <laughs> like yeah, what is I the catch tr- here? I was trying to see what, what he was doing because it was too good to be true. Um, and I'd already figured, like, the reason I wanted the other side of the table as well was it had decent line of sight blocking and it had the new mystical terrain. So I'd already stuck uh, the Archmage and all my heroes around the Mystical, so they were getting a uh, six-up, six-up mortal uh, ward saves. Um, so I knew I could withstand another turn if if I gave him the turn. So I was trying to figure out where the trap was. <laughs> you would have been giggling, sitting there giggling <laughs> behind you, battle tome. Uh, what? 
They didn't nuke everything. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's exactly what Lee did. Is the um, you'd even left a little forward. burning head shaped circle in the middle of them all for it to jump into. That was the bit that it looked so prepared. Oh, complete teeth. <laughs> complete teeth. Um, so the reason I have a burning head on my list was, um, if I can summon it and any unit wholly within nine other burning head gets reroll ones to hit. Um, in shooting and combat, so the idea was that I could buff the ballistas to reroll um, ones and also pluses to hit from the ordinators. So at long range there could be twos rerolling ones, and then at the multi shot there'd be fours rerolling ones. And then if I had a blessed weapon on them, then I'd be generating extra attacks. So really, it was just sort of putting all eggs into one basket and trying to sort of minimise some of that risk. Um, however, as I see, did Lee just sort of ploughed burning head through the back end of my army? Um, and did a bunch of wounds. Actually did like a surprising amount of number wound, mortal so wounds many. for my heroes. <laughs> yeah. There was a good, I think you hit the Castell and the Ordinator and the Knight Encanter and you rolled, um, a five or six to make three mortal wounds on, on them every time you rolled, which I was sort of like, shit, if this happens again. So you anyway, guys ruled that, um, dice. lens, lens won't cover, uh, the, <laughs> the endless spells being enemies. Yeah. yeah, so we had a discussion about this before. Yeah, so Len says, and I'm just quoting off the top of my head, so jump in if I'm wrong or if you have the wording, but it's like, um, when your enemy casts a spell that does mortal wounds to you, and he's just moving a spell, he's he's not an enemy casting a spell, so that was sort of um, the logical reasoning behind it, I guess you would say. And I believe James, the TO, I'd spoken to him sort of the night before, not specifically about it, but it came up. And um, I believe that was the way he was ruling. And I mean, when you read one and you sort of look at the situation, I didn't think it sort of bounced off, but I wasn't too worried. It, I I had deployed it there full well, knowing that he could play out through my army. And that was a risk that I had accepted. To be fair, I think that's so, the, way, the, um, the way it's going to be. So yeah, FAQ. No, no doubt it's going to be FAQ because I know a lot of people asking questions about it. Um, but it's kind of a neutral spell once it's on the board. Yeah, maybe just after it's cast, uh, whether Lens picks it up or not. Well, it was more around the. I think it was more specifically around when your enemy casts a spell. Yeah, and exactly. There's no spell being cast. It's just which belongs to nobody, spell. right? So yeah, I mean, we could yeah. sit here. Yeah, it's a neutral spell. Every mo- every model's neutral to it, so it can move into combat with mine or into combat with Lee's. Um, it doesn't really matter. I mean, we can sit here discussing it, but I think we're more or less all on the same page. So, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens in an FAQ. Um, so yeah, top of my turn too. So he plows it through. Um, I killed Dreitcher, um, which yep. I was pretty happy about, but that felt quite easy. Um, then the primary, oh, sorry, the primary orb swapped sides, didn't it? It was on the other side this time, wasn't it? Or was it in the middle? No, it was on the far, I think. Yeah, so I killed Dreitcher, and Lee had also done, um, an amazing job, especially with this giant piece of scenery in the middle of the board, to hide his units out of line of sight, um, or just to hide them out of range completely. So my ballisters were slowly moving up the board, uh, but because they sort of had to, they couldn't see through just, the middle chunk of the board, they were sort of looking at the sides of the board. I don't, I don't know how to really describe it. Other than like, if you put a, if you put like a 
a beam in front of you and you turn on a flashlight, the, the light doesn't go through the beam, it just shoots down the side. So that's sort of what I could see of the board. And Lee had put all the stuff sort of central. Uh, Reign of Stars was doing work though. Reign of Stars was, was trying to kill that Archmage and the Branch Witch and the Branch Rape as best it could, but, um, you keep making those sort of saves as you need it or you just keep healing. Um, yeah, it was those six ups, six ups. They weren't yeah. amazing, but they were keeping everything on the board. Yeah. They weren't saving like two to three wounds a turn, but they were saving sort of one wound a turn. Yeah. yeah and over the course of three sort of, to fours. Yeah. yeah. So on the, over the course of, Four turns or whatever, you've you've almost saved their total wound their total wounds characteristic. Um so you shot off Dreitcher. Uh, and I didn't shoot her off, I charged her and killed her, but I had hurt her severely with the shooting. Um I might have killed Arkunov Hunter, but it was sort of you know, didn't matter because he just brought him back. Um so I scored five points. So I went from two points to five points, so I was seven to four at this point in time. Um and then Lee, your turn two, do you remember? Uh so I'd shuffled the hunters slot on turn one to the right just to create a bit of space to put down another woods um, because I needed to start getting the dryads back up so uh, with the new uh, summoning rules uh, for the branch rake it has to be within I think it's 10 inches um, to bring back a uh, to bring up to a unit of 10 so I wanted to drop a, a woods there and I thought that could block your is it fulminators or what did you have coming around? Tempestors Tempestors come yep. around, so I just wanted to sort of channel them away as well. Um, so pop that down. Um, pop, uh, brought up ten more, uh, uh, ten more dryads, and then I think I dropped the sword. No, I didn't. I wait, and that was pretty much my turn. Just got the buffs off again to make sure that everything was in, in uh, within eighteen inches of the um, archmaid bubble, and then. Yeah, that was the end of that turn. Nothing really yeah, so I, I, yeah, I've just got it here. You didn't score. Um, you killed some liberators, and you teleported a unit. I think maybe. Uh, I dropped the unit of three sword hunters down onto the left. Yeah, that's right. And and but didn't get them close enough because you still had more guys scoring. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Um, and then we roll off again, and I. I won the roll and I took the turn. Uh, Lee moves burning head and does a bunch more mortal wounds to me. Um, this time, I think he only did about three or four mortal wounds in total, though, which is the complete opposite of the last one. Yeah. Because he didn't kill any heroes in this turn. Um, so that was, that was sort of interesting. Um, and then I scored another five points here. I can't really remember what happened, to be honest. Like, I think I killed a couple of hunters, but then you sort of just, Regrow him. The, the Drake Swan was just sitting in the middle of the board, just yeah, waiting was, sort of for something to happen. Yeah, the Drake Swan uh, was pinned, wasn't he? Because you needed him to score, and there was nothing else and, for him to go, and nothing else for him to go into. And your your cavalry had gone into my hunters, so yeah, yeah, and then they just got taken off. My Tempestus just got fucked up. Um, I was going to charge the Drake Swan, but given the, that you had trees on both the wide objectives and not the center one i couldn't land anywhere because his base is too big and uh i couldn't land on the trees and and you know obviously be within a half inch so um wide at base is awesome for projecting buffs it's also a bit of a detriment in that sort of situation so this is when i really started to feel the movement although at this point in time i was up 12 to 4 on objectives so i was feeling pretty good um 
but yeah, that was I was sort of just scoring, casting random stars, not casting, using random stars, and trying to pick off those heroes and trying to shoot what I could shoot when I could shoot it. But again, Lee did a very good job of sort of drip beating me. I think I don't think there was any turn where all four ballistas got to shoot. I think at no. most I got three to shoot in a turn. Um, but yeah, you stayed out of at a pretty good line of sight. Uh, do you remember your turn three, Lee? I just remember you had that unit of liberators at the back that it just, I was really surprised that you hadn't moved them up and that sort of came to play later on. Yes, yes. So I was way too passive. I had five liberators sitting in the woods that um, was in my deployment zone. And the first couple of turns, they were meant to be there uh, for the purpose of just so we didn't pop up behind my ballistas. And to be honest, I sort of forgot about them. Um, until about turn four when it was way too late. Um, and they were, they were quite a ways away from the objective. I think they were about sort of 25 or so inches away from an objective. Um, so that, that cost me in the long game. Um, but at the time it, it honestly didn't cross my mind until about, until I started sweating with the game and on the line. It's a, I, I just moved my tree reference, I think, and the sword hunters up to try and claim one of the objectives. And then just put out the extra buffs, move some, uh, move my dryads up, and brought on another ten dryads. Uh, I think that was about it. I think. It, it, yeah. So it, what I've what I, what I've written here for you is that you um, killed some of the raiders and you sc- killed the ten pieces as well with the scythe hunters, and then you scored three points. So I can't remember if you got the primary objective or if you got. Must, no, you must, must have been, got the primary objective. Must yeah, because they were three points. Yeah, because yeah, everyone's mm-hmm. so equal up to three points. Yeah. I think that was where your sword hunters were. Yeah, yeah, that was. And there was some yeah. libs coming. You just charged to f- finish them off, and you did. They were surprisingly um, good. The sword hunters all over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, that that sort of consistent damage too was pretty helpful. Yeah. Um, and then I went first in turn four, and you moved the burning head again. And I think at this point you killed like the encanter and the castellan. And no, the relict was there at the end. Um. And it was sort of the same thing again. I um, failed a charge with the Drake, which I needed. Um, however, I still managed to score two points. So I needed to get the Drake Swan into the Sword Hunters, which were holding the primary objective um, again, because it stayed on that sort of on your left, my right for quite a long part of the game. Um, mm. However, it didn't, and I scored the other two objectives. So at this point, I had scored 14 points. And Lee had scored with one turn for myself to go. And Lee had scored seven points with two turns to go because I was having the top of the turns. Um, I think turn four, you sort of just cleaned up some of the units that were threatening your objectives. Does that sound about right? I can't remember. Well, I think it's because um, like the way I've played a Silver Neth is I, I don't, I, like we talked about before, it's very defensive and then there's enough movement and teleporting that when you do choose to go, you, you can move quite far. So now like it very much was the time that everything had to move. So uh, I used the Moonstone to teleport the uh, Tree Lord Ancient over to one of the object- uh, four inches away from the Liberators that you had. And then I could move the Hunters up onto that same side as well. So even if they didn't, if they didn't kill everything, I still had the numbers. Um, and all the dryads that have been summoning through the game started to move up as well. Um, so yeah, everything just started to move along, and I knew that I needed to take a 
think it was two, at least two of the objectives to give me a chance in the last turn. Yeah, you scored four points in this objective, and it was like all of a sudden um, your army sort of came flooding out of the backboard, and all of a sudden, you know, what I when I felt I was quite in control of the game, you know, killing Dreicher and um, or Dreicher, however you pronounce your name, and killing some hunters and not really going anywhere, and you bringing them back, and then some dryads. I didn't sort of realize that you. I did know, but. Um, I don't know, maybe I just got cocky or a bit of an oversight because you brought out the rest of your guys and I was like, holy shit, where did all this come from? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and then we roll into turn five and so Lee scored four points then. So at this point in time, I had 15 points and Lee had 12 points. Um, and I'd won, so Lee won the first priority roll but gave it to me and then I won the next um, the next few so the priority roll for the fifth turn was was very big and it was very important. Uh, and we roll off and Lee wins it. And I don't think you hesitated, but you took it pretty quickly, didn't you, Lee? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, and then your turn took about 45 minutes to complete. This was my uh, first stroke of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> your first aneurysm, eh? Just a yeah, cheeky the, TIA, eh? Yeah, yeah. This was the first yeah. one. The, you know, the twitching above the eyebrows started going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it didn't help that you kept telling me, oh, this is you, yours to fuck up, Lee. Yours to fuck up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we had a bit of a crowd at this point as well watching. The Auckland lads had sort of sniffed me out and had, um, had come to, to watch my demise. Um, and and then you did say to me, like, oh, I'm just thinking about stuff and I'm just making it. I was like, look, time's not an issue. But, um, but I did try to game you up at one point. I said, I think I said at one point, if you lose this, it will be a colossal fuck up because uh, this is yeah. yours. No, you definitely said that, and you said that more <laughs> <Yeah>. than once. <laughs> it was almost like you were chanting. Yeah, you've got to watch them because it's almost oh, got yeah, yeah. times so, doing the exact same fucking thing. So why don't you tell us what happened then? Nowadays, I just tell them to shut up. <laughs> oh, it's just it gets in my head. That's all right. There was a, there was a moment where. Uh, there was a moment where I popped another wizard up from somewhere, and he was like, "What where the fuck did that come from?" <laughs> so um, it was well worth it for that. And so what I did is I, um, so I had the uh, the objective in which I had control turned into the three point one, and I had a tree lord ancient over there with six or five hunters, which then became six when I grew it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, measured the distance, and if I used a command point. Um, to do the six-inch run, all the hunters would be able to go from that far objective point to the uh, to be within scoring distance in the middle, so that I'd have a decent un- uh, lot of units on there. Yeah, I think we uh, had a chat about it because we did yeah. this whole how fucking tall is the hill? Yeah, how many inches does it, it all knock the way off? through? <laughs> yeah, and um, you move eleven with the six-inch run, is it? You move five yeah. normally. And yeah. I think we said, oh, it's three inches, so you move eight. And I think that was enough to get um, three or four of them in, I think. Yeah, I think it was a good number. Be, yeah. You only needed to get a couple in because I was down to sort of single model units at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, I, I cast shackles onto the onto your um, big dragony thing um, as well. Uh, yep. Uh, so the idea was that even if you did try and go anywhere, that would hopefully halve the movement. Uh, yeah, he was pretty made... fucked up by this point. Yeah, uh, I found all weekend that I had loads of command points left by the 
by the time we got to round four and five. So uh, in this one, I spent another one on six points for the Archmage to run. Because he has a 14-inch move at six, uh-huh. at 20. So he yep. ran across to another objective, teleported uh, the last wizard, uh, the Branch Wraith, across. So I had three units with um, on one objective. The uh, Hunters in the middle. I had two Hunters tying up and Shackles tying up your dragon. And then I just had everything else I had in a long line behind a tree so you couldn't shoot it. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, yeah, that was that. Uh, yep. Then we went into combat and the Sword Hunters took off the dragon. Yep. Yep, yep. they certainly did. I mean, he had maybe two, no, four wounds left and he needed two four damage. On, well, yeah, and yeah. he did um, two unsaved wounds on the swords, which is, you know, four wounds. So you killed it. And I think I also said to you, you need to do three things to win this game. And one of them was um, get your hunters on the middle objective, because there's no way I was going to move that, which you did in movement phase. Reinforce that point where your Tree Lord Ancient was, which you did with your Arch Mage. And then the last one was to kill the, kill the Drake, because he was really the only thing that was threatening. And even then it was, I had to roll like a bullshit charge to eat some Kurnoff Hunters to land on the objective to, to eat, um, to get anywhere, but you, you did all three of them, and at that point it was just like, well, I'm playing for playing for kill points now. Um, then he went into my turn, and I rolled some dice, and then realised that I couldn't kill units, um, and wasn't going to battle shock them off. So sort of just really foregoed my turn. Um, and then at the last turn, Lee scored uh, five um, points, and I scored zero. So the total score was seventeen fifteen. Which is rather amazing, considering from the top of turn four, I had 15 points. And from the top of turn four, you had seven. So you scored nine points um, in the last, no, ten points in the last two turns, which was... It's, um, a, it's a really good battle plan. And it's super, or it, having speed is so important in those sort of, and sort of ones. Movement is, is so key. Yeah, it was just, uh, I mean... That's one thing. That was one of my takeaways from playing these missions is that movement, movement's always been king, king in Age of Sigma. Um, but my god, maybe I'm just not used to playing such a slow army, but from turn four onwards, Lee's army just outclassed me with its speed. I mean, yeah, I could still shoot some shit and I still had a couple of heroes and a, and a badly wounded Drake that could do some stuff in combat. But when Lee's just sort of bouncing between the two objectives and then charging from those objectives into the middle it's like well yeah so at, at that point it was just Lee just had to move directly and smash me and win. really surprised over the whole weekend how many times I spent a command point to do a six inch run as well so handy it's so, so handy. good <laughs> yeah 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 and it's given as well saying I can spend this just to get six inches whereas a lot of the other times it's just I'll burn a command point and have a re-roll to maybe do something so you know, um, you need those sort of. You just need movement, get on objective, score, win games. Yeah. Uh, so that's that was awesome. Um, and then we went out for some beers on Saturday night. Went out with some drinks. Uh, we went to some bar, restaurant, um, pub, I guess you'd call it. Um, most of you guys ate some food. I didn't because I'd smashed a bunch of pizza before I left. Um, and I just went straight to the beersies. Um, half the lads took off to one bar the rest of us stayed behind and um, 
drunk for a couple more hours um, until they kicked us out. Uh, did they kick us out? I can't even remember. I think maybe people yeah. just wanted to leave. Yeah, it was and then we to, <laughs> yeah, and then we went to a cocktail bar and had a cheeky uh, nightcap, I guess you'd say, because half the guys left after this. Um, and then, um, so I think it was about five of you lads left after this, and then me and another lad went off to catch up with the other guys who um, went out earlier. And uh, I had a I had a late night. I had a really late night. <laughs> I got I got home partway. I don't know what time it was. I think it was like sort of ten to three. England was playing, and I was staying at James's house, and Dan was asleep in the lounge. And I woke Dan up and I asked him if he wanted to watch the football, and he didn't. And I went to bed, and my alarm went off. Not even sort of three four hours later to get up, and I woke up pissed as a fart, um, <laughs> struggling, contemplating my life decision decisions at that point in time um had a big night had had lots of fun though um if you want to know what happens in these tournaments come to them and you'll find out um but that was great got back to the venue felt like just awful felt so so bad struggling for life at this point in time um and we get to the venue and then we we soon realize that um five people were not showing up or were possibly dropping out due to the big night they had the previous night before, or some had continued on until the morning. Some didn't even go to sleep, uh, which is amazing. So that was a bit of a, that for a spinner in the works, which we'll sort of talk to a bit later on. Um, but my opponent, John from Auckland, luckily turned up, so that was good. So I got to play John. John, uh, we were playing Total Commitment. Uh, so there's the two objectives sort of in the corners and there's nothing in the middle. Um, John has the Legion of Asgore army, sort of four jeweled army. Um, and I was just an absolute mess. Um, I couldn't set up anything in reserves in total commitment, which was a bit of a pain in the ass because my army's pretty slow. Um, really it was much, it was, it was a bit of a non-game to be honest. Um, John sort of moved forward. I shot, none of my shooting worked. Yeah. And that was about the game. And then sort of he honestly rolled over me about turn four or five. Um, I wasn't making the best of decisions. I felt like shit. Um, but John played it pretty well and, like he didn't make any mistakes. He he went first and he shuffled back, which was unusual. He put all his balls down the middle and he actually went about four or five inches back, sort of daring me to move forward. And I think, you know, now that I'm reflecting on it, I think that was sort of his plan for me to move forward. And then I went second, you know, bottom of turn round one. Um, I didn't really move forward. I moved the Stardrake forward because he had a Skullcracker running at me and he kept talking this big game about how good the Skullcracker was and how I have to deal with the Skullcracker before the Skullcracker deals with me. Um, so my Stardrake, well, my Drake Swan took the, took the bait, but um, the rest of my army didn't. And then I won, um, I shot it for maybe four wounds and I couldn't get in on a charge and then I won the priority and I took the turn and then I charged in and did like another sort of four wounds a skull cracker and he did like one or two back to me it was really just a pillow fight it was awful um and this was the interesting part because he moved his balls back in the first turn they were about sort of i think they were about 28 27 inches away from my lines um and then of course he wins the double so the first so bottom of turn so he moves he makes him run moves him up as far as he can and then wins a priority, and then he double turns and charges me. And he charges uh, nine balls straight into my ballasters, which ties him up for the rest of the game. He charged in um, Shah Executioner into them as well and smashed them up. 
um, he charged a Torok Bull Center, I think it's called, um, into my Star Drake, uh, not Star Drake, Drake Sworn. And um, that guy's pretty fighty. He's got five attacks and he's like hits on threes, wounds on twos, ran two free damage. And he got like two wounds through my Drake Sworn and just at that point I was terrified. And then I was hitting it back and nothing was happening and it was all, it was all very boring in all honesty. Um, come turn four, so pretty much the whole army's in combat at the bottom of turn two. Come turn four, he has finally cleaned up my ballisters. He's sort of broken all my ballisters. He's, um, about to kill the Star Drake. Oh, the, the Drake's one, I think I had maybe one wound left. Uh, he killed my liberate, excuse me, my liberators. So I, I wasn't able to sort of go get objectives and he, um, if he didn't on turn four, on turn five, he was probably going to score my objectives. Um, but we rolled, it was funny because we rolled on Friday turn four and I just said, if you want, I'm just going to concede. And he won and I just said, I concede. And then John was saying, Oh, can we, can we play on for kill points? I was like, look, mate, I'll give you all the kill points. It's not an issue. I'm sort of dying over here. I'd ran out of water at this point. I want to get some more water. Um, but John played it right. I played it wrong. And really the only thing I was extremely surprised about is I just couldn't kill a fucking seven wound ball center Torok or whatever they're called. Um, and he was getting through one or two wounds a turn on, on my Drake Sworn, which was just chipping it away three to six wounds a turn, uh, which left me very worried. Um, he had some sort of five up after the save artifact, which was doing work for him. Um, and. Yeah, John played it right, I played it wrong. My army was not mobile whatsoever. His army was mobile enough. Um, and I could see the writing on the wall, so I just called it and just sort of gave me some time back so I could go get some water and a power aid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was that was my game four. Major loss, obviously. Uh, so I turned up on Sunday morning um, to be drawn against Tim. Um, which is great. I've never played against him before. I've never played against Nagash either, but very worried because of like, how I'd been handed to by the Death Army the day before. Um, so Total Commitment, I think, is a really, really good battle plan as well. And, um, it's a lot to think about, especially because like, most of the time I deploy at least one unit off the board to start with, so not having that option really makes you think. Um, we had a like many of the tables, they were quite open, so that's really good for me. Um, so two pieces of terrain were arcane, so I was a bit worried that I didn't want him having both of them to all his other buffs that I knew he'd get anyway. So I put the initial trees around one of those to say, like, if you're going to take this objective, then every time you cast a spell, then it's obviously going to, there's a chance they can do damage to you. I won the roll off and took the opposite side. Um, I knew I outdropped him because I was a just a one drop army. Um, so I just um, deployed into in two halves basically, uh, like just on the far on each flank. I had uh, lens and my tree lord ancient right over one side with some dryads. Uh, on the other side, I had um, uh, the hunters, uh, the sword hunters. Sorry, uh, Dreicher and. Wraith and the Archmage with both lots of tree revenants. And then in the middle, I just had the, uh, the hunters, uh, the six hunters, so they could go either side. Um, I took first turn and 
Tim had deployed with Nagash in the middle, um, and he'd said to me that he was quite worried about, like, with all the amount of sp uh, spells that he'd have, that I'd just corner Nagash with the woods. But um, I, I knew that with when you put um, the trees down with Verdant Blessing, they can only be outside an inch. So it, that wouldn't really come to play in the first go. And he'd, when he'd set up, he'd put the grave, uh, his grave guard on his objectives, but not all ten were on one objective. He had, he had capped it with one, just on one side. So I decided to go for the early points. So I managed to get all the trees down. I made sure I was outside of 30 for um, the spelling. Put trees in like a run down either side of the board. And then teleported the tree revenants to three inches of, on one side. So that four of them capped one objective. I teleported Dreitcher up to try and have a go at the other objective and a unit of three sword hunters. As I teleported them across, I rolled the dice and I hit a six, so they get to move again. So all of a sudden the the sword hunters have got a four inch charge into the grave guard on one side. On the other side, um, the tree revs are already holding that objective. Uh, hunters made it in. They killed the grave guard, but it, uh, the grave guard took one of them off as well. Um, so, end of turn one, I held I held all four objectives. And I think that took Tim a bit by surprise. Um, uh, he wasn't expecting that kind of movement. He knew they were fast, but didn't really realize that they uh, they could go that quick. Uh, particularly the tree revs. He didn't know about the difference between the boar uh, that they could teleport to trees, not just to another board edge so that made a bit of a difference as well uh so it's his turn one and then this was my second stroke of the day because turns out nagash is really 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 good <laughs> so um all these spells started coming out of nowhere and dreitcher got pummeled all weekend <laughs> so started pummeling them put the tree uh put the spell portal down luckily for hand of dust i was out of the way with most of my big pieces, so he had to take one of the sword hunters off with that, which he did. Um, and yeah, just did a lot of damage across a lot of areas. Uh, the minus two to bravery spell, um, he put that on the scythe hunters. That's really, really good for death players when they can put that because it minus one to hit, minus two to bravery, I think it was. And yeah, that's amazing. Such a good, oh, yeah. Uh, it made me have to use a command point each turn to make sure that my scythe hunters didn't go to battle shop, which is something I haven't had to deal with before. Anyway, uh, so Tim pushes up and charges Nagash in and does some damage onto the hunters, uh, which is quite good. And then the hunters do 10 or 11, scythe hunters do 10 or 11 damage back to, to Nagash. And that was a real big surprise. I don't think Tim was expecting that. Um, round two, I took the uh, took the chart, uh, took the turn. He purple moved the purple sun up and did a little bit of damage here and there. But I was able to claim all four objectives as well. He'd move his archai across, and they'd cleared out the rest of the sword hunters. But I'd managed to um, throw ten dryads up there. Um, just to claim, so obviously they were out of combat, but there was, uh, I think it was seven of them in, in range compared to his two Icar. 
So I managed to claim all the points on that turn. To be honest, the game, from my point of view, went as well as it ever will. Um, I managed to stretch the Death Army um, so much so that I could ping units all the way around. And while Tim was smashing me in the battles, he wasn't able to claim any of the objectives. So at the end of the game, I think I won by about 16 victory points. But I only had one model left on the table. So yeah, it was a really good game. Uh, the movement was so key again. Uh, the Archmage having that 6-up ward save um, managed to keep a couple of wounds here and there, which kept characters on the table till I could heal them, which meant they could then bring out more dryads and such like. So yeah, it just went really well. Um, really good game. Really good narrative, because he'd been changing the narrative as, he, as he'd gone through, with it, uh, depending on the results of the previous game. And yeah, it was a joy to play Tim. Uh, but it, from my point of view, the game couldn't have gone any better. Or maybe a few more kill points, actually. I think at one <laughs> point, Nagash... <laughs> but that comes to play later. Uh, I think um, Nagash had two wounds left at one stage. And after doing 11 wounds the previous round, they did nothing the next one. I think they did two. Yeah, so it was, yeah, <laughs> just... Yeah, but otherwise it went really, really well. The army worked how when you write when you write a list down on paper and you think what it can do, um, this time it actually went to plan. Yeah, and um, I mean the movement, you sort of just killed it at the end. There was movement, didn't you? It was um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was that's a good mission for it, it, really, because his whole army just evolves around the gash way. It's awesome, and he's got spell portals, so it extends his range. But if you can be multiple places at one time. And sort of continue yeah. recycling between the the points. Um, you should really sort of beat that army because he doesn't have anything that's really that fast. No, and if if you can, like any of the death armies as well, if you can control the um, the grave sites and have a, it doesn't matter what unit you put on top of the grave sites, as long as you've got something that stays there. When they try and recycle it, you're choosing where they can go rather than them yeah, choosing that, to uh, to recycle a unit. That's exactly what I was going to say you. too. Um, um, so that's the other death, thing. I'd, death's yeah. pretty gnarly, but the second you shut down their grave sites, they really run out of all of their mobility. Yeah, you're right. If, and like, say, if you, if you, uh, I controlled three of the grave sites at one stage, so he was bringing back units, but they had to go somewhere that I wasn't worried about. Um, which definitely in this, if if they'd have managed to get into your backfield, then that's a whole a whole problem. But if you're putting them in the far left corner, you know just not to go there and. Uh, the units he was summoning, the skeletons aren't that fast, so it takes them a while to get anywhere anyway. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, sounds like a good one, though. Sounds like a good one. Yeah, it was. It was a really good game. Like I say, yeah, it, it, it. Both of us, I think, had a really good first turn. Mine was slightly better, but yeah, that Nagash, his his beast, really is. <laughs> oh, it was. It was just totally outclassed though. It was just when I played him, it was just completely unmatched. It's just like I can stop two spells out of your. Oh, what does he have? Ten spells? Maybe I can't exactly remember. Arcan has what two or three spells, and the Gash has seven. I have um, eight. The spells in my list. Oh, uh, I have two. So yeah, I mean, that's something I'm looking no... forward, but yeah, it's so much. Uh, all these spells are so buffed that. Even oh yeah, him. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, as I as I told him, I would have nightmares of him. Um, <laughs> he would roll his dice and he'd be like, "Oh, so the dice would be a, a six. and then he would go, "Oh, but I get plus 
seven, eight, nine, ten, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> you know, they yeah, keep doing this thing where he goes, I get plus, and then you just count it out. And I was like, Tim, I'm going to have nightmares of you just saying, oh, I rolled it on an eight, but I get a plus nine, ten, eleven, twelve. And <laughs> so it's yeah. when you when you're looking at casting or trying to roll an eleven is a good chance of the spell because that's the only chance you've got, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he was in our game. He was rolling like a beast. And to be honest, I just don't know that much about death and their spells. So um, he was a saint, though. He he did explain to me about seven times one spell does, um, and on every spell he casted. Because I was just like, what what does it do? He was like, oh, I'm casting Hell's Vigor or some shit. And I'm like, what does it do? Like, don't tell me what it is. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I was like, a movement one. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I think during our game, I must have asked him how many time, how many wounds Nagash had left about <laughs> fifty times. I, I blame that on my previous two strokes, but yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, so, yeah. So how many wounds has he got again? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think no, it was quite funny. You, can I, one, you just sort of ignore him, I think, almost, or you just kill everything around him. Oh, I uh, think I only killed three hundred points in that game. That's uh, about what I killed. One, yeah, but like, and I killed it all in one turn as well. So, you know, when Nagash wasn't being a bullet magnet, I was killing other stuff. I really should have killed Arcane and then gone from there, but hey-ho, uh, that's, that's how it goes. Uh, yeah. Well, the army's, like, my list isn't designed to do that much damage. I know it's got the six hunters in it, but it's more about the movement. So that's why I was, I was really chuffed with the way that um, that the game went from my point of view. I say it couldn't have gone any better. Maybe a few more kill points, but that would have been about it. Uh, so we move into uh, round five, so last round. So at this point, I've got one major win in my first game, followed by three major losses because I'm a scrub with a scrub list. Um, and I was playing Nick from Auckland in game five, and Nick was sitting in Finn's truck, um, trying not to shit his pants and vomit all throughout the truck. So <laughs> so we didn't get to play a game. Um, I, I went up to him and I said, do you want to play? And he was like, no, nah, I couldn't give you a game right now. Um, so my last game five was um, was a major victory to me. It was just a default win, which at the time, I wasn't feeling much better than Nick. So I was pretty fucking happy at the time. But then what I sort of forgot was that the guys that I drove up with, Lee and Jono, um, and it's about sort of six to seven hours to drive back to Wellington from Hamilton. And the rounds were three hours long. And I was thinking, oh, if we leave now, I could get back well early. But I completely forgot that Lee and Jono sort of had a game to play. So at the time, I was pretty happy. But by the end of it, I was pretty bored and would have probably liked to have played a game. They had to wait sort of three and a half hours for games and announcements and pack-ups. So I just sort of walked around the hall feeling shitty and talking to to some of the other lads. So, yeah. And stressing out Dan Street, which was probably the highlight of Sunday. <laughs> that was good fun. Yeah, so what about your game, Lee? Game five. Um, so uh, James came up to us and uh, me and Jonathan were talking. So Jonathan's one of the other Wellington guys that we drove up with. And um, he said that we'd both been drawn against two of the lads that had a big night and that they didn't feel like they could give us a game. So um, would we be happy to play each other? Um, so I just assumed that they'd obviously withdrawn at that page. Um, at that point, I've played Jono loads, uh, Jonathan quite a few times, but never competitively. So it would, yeah, I was like more than happy to play him. And I think he felt the same. So I played his um, death list as well. 
Um, that was the Lord of Sacrament one, but he used the Black Knights in this, um, which he used as um, Sean was talking about in the last podcast, and he'd been using them like all that all weekend, and they'd gone really, really well. Um, so this this final objective, uh, final battle plan was um, relocating the orb, and this this battle plan's awesome. <laughs> the new battle plans, all of them are really good. This is this was so much fun. And it can change so so quickly. Um, so just set up, obviously uh, diagonally facing each other, and you put the orb in the middle. And then at the end of each battle round, you roll the dice, and then depending on the number, it can move. And if it's a one and a, or a six, it moves again after that. So it, it can go everywhere. Um, my, if you get if you can get within three inches with a wizard, that counts as twenty models. So. Again, uh, like most of these things, I think it comes back down to having fast mobile wizards helps an awful lot in, in most of these objectives. I put down some woods in the middle, hoping to go one way, and I really needed um, Bird and Blessing to go off in the first turn, so I could try and get woods the other way. And me and Jonathan spoke about this at the end, and I think if he made one mistake in this whole game, it was that he didn't try... And dispel bird and blessing. He waited for one of the other spells before he um, tried to dispel. And if I hadn't have got the woods down in the first turn, he would have moved all his skeletons up, and I would never have got any woods down. So yeah, I, I think that was that was probably the only error he made the whole game. Uh, I went first and claimed the objective in the middle. Um, I didn't do too much. I put Palisade up just to protect in case any spells came my way. Um, Jonathan had his go and he flew the Vampire Lord, just the, the one with the wings, um, into the middle, automatically capping that objective because he gets 20. And he uh, flew the, or run the Black Knight straight into Dreitcher. Oh, Van Hells. And with, is it, what's the spell that yep. gives them two Parlins? Oh yeah, the necromancer yeah. one out. Yeah, he'd cast Van Hells onto them, so they're fucking yeah, good, man. I tell you, twice, and they everyone's everyone's laughing at me, and I thought they were so, right, um, which is pretty good <laughs> because they used to be the biggest steaming pile of shit. Yeah. But I, th I think they're right now, man. I think they were good. Yeah, uh, well, two parlins on the charge, they were really good, and it got to the point that I didn't want to kill them because I knew that he could bring them back. So. <laughs> you're hoping that you fluff your rolls and like now you have to fight it, it definitely you know you have to think about what any of the death lists uh, you just don't want them to bring back full units once you've got rid of them if you can't control the grave sites and then this one like because he had so many bodies of um, skeletons I wouldn't be able to control the grave sites that were on his side of the table so um, so yeah so it went like that um, luckily for me the um the orb went one the way that I was heaviest the uh most deployed on uh with my wizards not my infantry but my wizards so I'd man on the second turn I'd managed to get enough of them within range to claim it as well um and that's pretty much how the game went I the best spell I used in this one was shackles I managed to throw this into the middle of the table and while it did actually kill one of my wizards with because I kept rolling sixes, which is D three damage. It meant that all his stuff was half movement for the um, 
for the skeletons. So I think that's a movement too. Um, so it just slowed everything down. Um, I'd also managed to get the hunters round the back into his mortis engine and took that off. But it was really tight. There was, I think, I think when I don't know if you've played this yet, Sean, where um, if you choose to go first, you only get one point if you control the objective. Whereas if you go second, you control three points. Yeah, no, so, I, I haven't played it, but I'm, I was playing it vicariously through Mr. Street, who was spitting <laughs> bullets as he was playing Byron about this because oh. Byron had like two turns in a row at going sick. I, I don't know the full story. Um, but from what I could see without, um, trying to get too involved was that I think Byron had two turns maybe in the second round. So he was ahead sort of six two, but he had no models left on the board next to no models. And Dan was stressed that, um, the game was going to end before he could, uh, collect enough points. And he was really stressing over what turn, um, order because he kept winning priority, but he didn't know sort of who to give it to. Um, well, but Dan, yeah, Dan won yeah. in the end, but it looks very sort of, you know, previously, and that's sort of one of my comments that I might have at the end that, um, Previously, quite often when you're on for a double turn, you would take it, but there's enough small incentives in there, and specifically in this one, where one person scores three points and the other scores one, that it really questions, you You know, when you get that priority roll, it really you sort of question, do you want that first turn or not, or are you in a good position to survive sort of that turn, or, or what? But it, Yeah, because it, it it's only three inches as well, it, I, it's more like, can you hold, like, so if you're going to take for the first turn, can you get to the objective? Can you hold it long enough that they won't be able to score in in their turn? And so that came, like, when you're against a block of 30 or 40 skeletons, if he can surround that, you're not going to be able to score. So the second turn, I was forced, like, I had to take it, or the third turn, sorry, to try and get some bodies in the way just so he can swamp around that area of the board because... When you look, you're looking at the um, the battle plan, so you've got an idea where it could go next. But then we'll talk about round five in a minute, um, or the fifth turn. Um, so you're trying to play a turn ahead, but at the same time, you can't take into account all the randomness. Um, but yeah, by the fourth turn, I managed to turn it around. Um, I thought I had it in the bag. I'd, um, and then we went in oh, into the third turn. Sorry, going into the fourth turn. And then the object, uh, the relocating orb relocated twice and it went right back to the middle of the table. And that just threw out all the plans. It was game back on then. Um, so I teleported using Moonstone, the Tree Lord Ancient, into Arcan and his other, uh, Necromancer. Because I, uh, even if I couldn't have, uh, if I'd have failed my charge with my sword hunters, I know that you can't retreat because of the household rule away from the Tree Lord Ancient. So as long as he could, the Tree Lord Ancient could survive the battle against Arkan, he wouldn't be able to put his uh, retreat his wizard to the objective to score the 20 points. And I had a unit of 10 drives on there that I think could have held it and nothing else could have really got there. And and that's, luckily I I killed Arkan and everything, but I'd forgotten about... Black Knights. Those, um, are they blood knights or black knights? Black knights. 
Look, I've got, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten the about one, the Black Knight. Love it. Jono loves now after listening to Sean's no, uh, discussion the, last week. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd forgotten about them, so I'd managed to hold one side and he flew them up. But luckily, I'd managed to position the dryads in the middle enough that he could only get one or two of them within three inches, rather than all of the five that he needed to claim the objective. And that's pretty much what the game came down to, was just those measuring at the end. Uh, it was really, really good game. Jonathan played amazingly well. Um, we've played a few times before when he played Skaven, and it normally tails off around turn three to four. But this was right to the line. He was just, I think, like you were saying with Dan earlier, he made uh, Jonathan chose to go first in one turn. And if he'd have gone second and claimed it, that would have made all the difference. So yeah, it's it's it should always be the fifth um, game at a tournament because it's so yeah. random. Yeah, it looked pretty awesome from the few games that I sort of got to observe. It looked um, it looked pretty cool. It looked like people were having lots of fun. And um, I too was watching another game where um, there was one player who was in clear control of the orb sort of stayed nearby. And I was thinking, fuck, this would be funny if it sort of shot off to the other side of the board. And um and it almost did. <laughs> it, it shot down and then across and then up and then sadly it actually landed back in the same place that it started. Um which was pretty funny to watch because both players were just the emotion and you know, like the pure unscripted drama of what's going on on the table yeah. and having one player sitting there sort of like silently high fiving in their head, not trying to lose their shit, while the other player is sitting there just like cussing and stomping and swearing oh. and having a little tantrum and it, it's just it's quite hilarious actually so what a, it's it, exactly it, I think that i missed it, it but yeah we'll play it soon enough it's what you said about as well it's like usually there isn't you know it's quite cut and dry if you take first or second turn but this one really really makes you think about because you you want to get to the orb to get that point but it you know three points is such a like you can. You only need a couple of those in a row, and then you're right back in it. Even if you've played really badly in the first two turns, yeah. And then it can just whip off and go anyway. It's a great battle plan. It really is. Yeah. I think you're gonna. Um, there'll be a lot of stories about this one over the year. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think it's one of the missions in Call to Arms as well. And actually, it's the fifth round mission in Call to Arms. Um. <laughs> so, so that will be awesome. Have to get some practice games in that. Ooh, as part of that camp. I'll just make you run, you, Sean, run five k's every morning, a of days and straight to the gym, and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get our dice shaking yep. hands on. <laughs> yeah, of course you can, Lee. You don't even have to <laughs> yeah, join, just watch. watch. Just like, maybe, you know. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> I'll bring... I'm, I'm yeah. not going to join. Now, look, look, I've had several strokes this weekend, all right? I need some recuperating time. <laughs> just no fucking mouth breathing if you're sitting in the corner, all right? I don't want to hear you go. <laughs> yeah. Wait, and that, that's my, my thinking my face. Wait, that's my thinking face. Oh yeah, it's 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 one of your faces, that's for sure. Um, yeah. So as I said, I ended with um, so I had two major wins, one of them by default, um, and three major losses because I am good at Warhammer. Um, Lee, you ended up on. Uh, four major wins and one major loss. Uh, played five games. So four major wins, one major loss. 
you'd think you were sort of in the running for for a good finishing here, wouldn't you? Um, which which is somewhat true. So there's a bit of a story behind um, the standings and the rankings, and this sort of leads on to the the next part of what we're going to talk about, and that sort of the event itself as a whole. So what do we mean by the event itself? So you know, how was the venue? What did the tables look like? Did it run smoothly? Was there any sort of issues or dramas? Um, you know, that sort of that sort of stuff. So not just the gaming. So from my point of view, the gaming was good. The four games I played were fine. The opponents were great. I had no issues. There was no um gotcha moments. There was no taking back stuff. There was there was no tension at the tables other than in Lee's game um and, and none of that was bad it was all healthy sort of stuff because as I said I was I was almost double his score in the last two turns and pretty much he had to play a perfect game and I was watching him play a perfect game in front of me and I was sitting there going I'm gonna lose this I'm gonna lose this um so the, the new rule set went surprisingly easy as well yeah yeah it didn't didn't seem to take that much time away from stuff other than sort of endless spells and and um, people trying to remember what they can spend command points on and just sort of queries like that, you know, oh, will I use my command ability or when do I use it? Is it now strictly in the combat phase, you know? So, um, so yeah, so we had three hours per round. So I'll talk about um, my initial pros of the event and I'll get later jump in so and then we can go through any cons that we may have. Um, so it was in a, it was in a school, a high school hall college hall um there was no food on site there's no cafeteria there was two dairies about not even two minute walk away however lunch was provided both days uh so there was a pizza uh pizza lunch pizza hut lunch uh both saturday and sunday which was received extremely positively um that was great not having to go out and get food having food brought to you and everyone loves pizza that was pretty awesome um james is also taking dietary needs as well um, from what I understand, um, there was heaps of space at the table. We were in a, a school hall. Every table was individual and set up um, separately from every other table. And there was probably about, four, I don't know, three or four meters of space between tables. Um, there was plenty of chairs, so you had plenty. And there was also little side tables. So there was plenty of stuff to put all your sort of books, your gaming aids, your, spare, your dead models, your summoning models, your bags, whatever you had. There was heaps of space. There was food provided. Um, the tables looked pretty good as well. Um, a couple of ramble battle boards, a couple of mats, and I think there was one sort of cloth that was a pattern of some sort. Um, and the terrain on the tables was all painted. It was all very good. Some of it is the, the 3D printed stuff that comes from, I can't remember the guy's name, the guy in the UK. Um, that was pretty awesome. Um, the venue itself was fine. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much my my pros for the event. What, what about you, Lee? Uh, uh, I'd say the venue was fine. Uh, having three hours a game with the new oh, uh, yes. rule set was, yep. was really, really good. That worked brilliantly. Uh, uh, yeah, it took all that pressure away of, you know, just trying to remember a new rule set for the first tournament. So, yeah, that was a really good move. Yeah, so we had heaps of time, and I don't think time was ever an issue. Um, in the sense of, are we running out of time? Uh, so that, so that was really cool. Um, 
Now, some of the some of the cons or negatives, I guess, of the event, um, and there's a reason we haven't done scoring yet, and it sort of leads into this. Um, so, as I said, I'm pretty partial to drama, and there was some drama this weekend. None of the event itself all sort of happened afterwards when people went back and reread the packs and how scoring worked, but we'll kick into it. Um, to, so just, I'd like to say, the first one I'd speak about was just um, allocating tables. Um, when you play a, uh, an army that really benefits from space, it's it's nice to be allocated a table because you you will have a natural bias towards a, trying to, if you're told just to go and pick a table. So, yeah, that would just be one of the things I'd feedback. Yep, yep, absolutely. That was one of the things I was going to talk about, but I also need to give some context. So James Sorry, ran, so James ran the event. Uh, James is a mate of mine. I sat at his house. Um, I've already given him this feedback. I'm not coming into a public forum to talk shit about him or speak negatively of him. Everything that I'm, I'm about to say, I've already said to him. Um, so, yeah, I'm not here to sort of blast him in public. Um, so what Lee, one of the, um, not so good things that was what Lee just spoke about. So the tables didn't have numbers. Um, and you were sort of just given your score sheet and your opponent's score sheet and told to go find a table, which at first, the first game I was like, Oh, this is kind of a novelty. This is kind of fun. We can just go wherever. But sort of by the second or third game, I was like, uh, actually, there's a bit of admin behind this. Um, and because I was playing a, a static army with a gun line, I had a natural bias towards lots of open spaces. Um, and obviously my opponents didn't want that, and that's absolutely fine. And sometimes it's hard finding a happy medium. And then um, by the time you found one, someone else had also cleaned the table. I mean, when me and Lee played our game, we asked someone else to pick a table for us, um, which I think was maybe the better way to do it. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, so at first it was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But then by the end of it, I was like, oh, shit, that's a bit, you know, a bit dumb. Um, so yeah, not having tables. Um, the second part was just the general admin of the event. Um, so what I mean by that is asking the TO when, the, like, when times, when the round finishes. Um, we were running slightly late, but time was never an issue with the venue. We had it as long as we wanted. So there was never really any hard and fast answers sort of initially. Um, asking them when, what missions we were playing, didn't know half the time. Just asked someone else who had the players pack and they, they sort of relayed that information to me. Um, so that was sort of just sloppy. Um, and James has said that he would probably look to, um, next time not playing an event, just do one or the other role. Um, you know, not, not do both. He also mentioned something about having a big week the week before and he didn't actually have as much time as what he was hoping to sort of put into the event. Um, so the admin of it was sort of um, poor to, to average, I guess you would say. I would, um, I'd expect a bit better from James given he's done it a couple of times and he's done it well a couple of times, but this time wasn't so good. Um, and then we go into the, the scoring of the event. So originally we were told uh, Fraser, Mr. Nurgleman, um, won the event. Um, which is, which is good for him. He's come second at an event and won two events now. So Fraser's on fire. He's doing really well. So originally we were told Fraser won and then Dan, Mr. Shorts came second and then friend of the podcast, Lee here came third. Um, however, after the ceremony a couple of hours later, um, someone was asking how 
Fraser won with the painting penalty, which the TO had forgotten about the painting penalty, where if your army wasn't fully painted in base, uh, you receive a three point minus, um, which means Fraser went from being first to fourth. Um, and the way that that was handled by the TO, I don't think was very good initially. I don't think there was sort of any urgency to correct the issue. Um, however, it sort of sorted itself out for a natural course because one of the other players, um, Ben, for some reason, I haven't spoken to Ben directly, so I don't, I'm not going to say anything more than what the TO has reported, um, which is Ben, um, ran accidentally fielded an extra hero, so he's running seven heroes during the weekend, um, not, not six, he ran seven, um, which is what the TO has reported. And that all of Ben's game scores would become major losses. So everyone who played Ben now received major wins with 2000k kill points, which pushed Fraser even further down the rankings and actually pushed a new <laughs> contender Byron above Dan and Lee. So you might need a bit of a whiteboard here, listeners, as I'm going, because it's getting a bit all over the show. So we've got, we've got two different winners at the moment. Um, yeah. Yeah, so so Byron jumps up into into first, sort of out of nowhere, um, and then I the last side of find out where I finish. Yeah, yeah. So so at this <laughs> point, Lee went from going to being third to second to third, um, and then the TO James was also playing an event which I said earlier. He took himself out of running for all the prizes. He was simply there for rankings points. So he said, "I'm going to play, um, regardless of where I place." I forfeit any prizes, um, which I think is, it's his decision. It's cool. I'm, I'm not really fussed either way, to be honest, as long as the event runs smoothly. Um, so James actually won the event over Fraser initially, but yeah, he forfeited any prizes. Um, and he just wanted points towards rankings because I think he's only been to one, maybe two events this year. And he was sort of worried about rankings points and masters, which is fastly approaching, fastly approaching. Um, so yeah, so everyone that, Ben played, gets a max point win, puts Byron up the top. And then James, who played Fraser in the last game, remembered that he was playing a rule wrong, which impacted the game. Uh, he was playing a, it was, a, from what I understand, he was playing, a, so James was playing a deaf army and he was playing you double spell effects on an eight, not a nine. Um, and he played it wrong the whole game, he said. So therefore his game against Fraser counts as a, a major loss. For James and a Fraser, and Fraser obviously collects a major win and the 2k points. Um, and then all of a sudden Fraser comes back just like a phoenix, rises from the ashes from fifth place right back into first, even with the paint points and so on. So all things said and done as the dust settles, uh, Fraser takes it out with, uh, 17 kill points, uh, which is the equivalent to five major victories. Um, and he's got 10,000 kill points as well. Uh, which he he tabled everyone. Um, also, another thing to note is that Fraser's round four opponent didn't turn up. So Fraser actually, and Fraser played Ben, and he played James. James cheated. Ben played <gasps> too many models. His round four opponent didn't turn up. So <laughs> Fraser actually only played two games of worth <laughs> scores. Um, so I'm not in here trying to poo-poo on Fraser or anything, but I think it just sort of sums up the whole kerfuffle of where did people actually place and sort of um, the administration of of the event, I guess you would say. 
Um, so Frozen gets five major wins, although two of, only two of the games he played had meaning, and in those two games he tabled his opponent and got a major win, so good on him. Byron finishes second, uh, one point behind Fraser, but quite a few kill points behind. Dan comes in third, and Lee comes in fourth. Um, and all those players had four major wins and one loss. Um, I finished way down. I finished like 12th out of 20. Um, so nothing really to talk about. Another issue that we had on the weekend as well is that we had five players not turn up on round four due to being hungover or only having an hour or two of sleep, um, which is no fault of the TOs. Um, so that's not, that's sort of why I'm speaking about it after sort of the criticism I'd have for the TO. Um, that's not, it's not James's fault. He can't control what people, you know, do. Um, he can just ask them to sort of play games and turn up and be nice people. But yeah, five people didn't turn up, which sort of for a spinner in the works. Um, because what that effectively meant is that five games in round four were auto decides. And then you add in Ben's games as well, where five games were auto decides. You add in James's game, which it was. So what I'm saying is there was 11 default games. Um, that sort of stood up the middle, um, and threw a lot of kill points out there, which is, which is a bit of a shame. Um, it's, it's definitely not how we'd like to have events run, nor is it something we'd like to see going forward. But, um, as I said, we had five people drop for round four, but they all turned up for round five. Uh, not all of them played, a couple of them played each other, and they just sort of wrote out a score on the sheet. Um, why do you have this? sort of soldiered on, I guess you'd say. I mean, I turned up on the Friday, on, on the Sunday. I was near death, but but I got through it. But, you know, each person's their own individual. So, yeah, there was a bit of drama there. And hopefully that made all sense. And um, hopefully I didn't lose you. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's that's what happened. It's just a bit of a bit of a mess at the end there. And as I said, none of this happened at the event, so there was no sort of talk about this at the time. And it all happened after the event and texts and messenger and emails and like oh shit what's actually happened and do we do we have to switch prizes around people and who finished where and so on and so forth so yeah that's that's definitely the messiest i guess is probably the best word to use tournament i've been to for purely based on admin as i said the four games i had were good but the admin was was pretty poor and the result was just a bit of a farce, to be it's, honest. Um, I'm glad we got there in the end, but we had to go for it's about It's definitely not something that we see tables. in the... Um, and, some really, fault, yeah. and some of that wasn't. So. Considering, I think all three of us go to most of the tournaments that go around and pretty much every time it's smooth, no worries. Yeah, well, I've been to... Most, I don't think I've ever seen more than one player not show up for the next day. Um, definitely not yeah. that many. Which is it's it's really disappointing. It's a real kick in the dick for whoever the next day opponent is. Um, yeah, if you can't handle yeah. your piss, just ch- chill out that night. You know, it's yeah, not really good enough. It it just all got a bit messy all the way through. You know, and like people are travelling a long way. And, you know, everyone's resource or time poor or anything like that. And you put the effort in, you go, and it just turns into a bit of a fast be honest um it was just very disappointing and yeah it some of the drama could have been dealt with a lot better yeah it wasn't yeah. exactly overly smooth um i guess that's the last thing i'll say about it is that it was brought to the attention and and the attention of the person responsible was kind of like oh well 
shit happens. <laughs> so it was it wasn't it wasn't overly sort of onto it and um, sorted out. But no, it, going back to Sean's earlier comment, um, yeah, I think I've been to maybe twelve events in the last sort of two to three years, and this was definitely the most sort of as I said, messy is the word I'll, I'll use, um, admin wise event that I've ever been to. I've been to events where spreadsheets have failed and people have used, had to use paper copies. I've had that happen to myself, um, which is, you know, never good. But the event was the only thing that happened is it ran five minutes later than, than what I advertised. Um, but like not knowing sort of what time stuff started or where the tables were or what we were playing, you know, that was sort of just like, it's really easily avoided, you know, it's have a player's back printed out, you know, just tell people how long they've got left. It's, it's not a big deal, so that was a bit disappointing to see. And then the whole scoring thing just sort of topped it off. But it is what it is. Um, new AOS, maybe there's a new way of running events, which is <laughs> subpar. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm not trying to discourage people from coming to events. I'm just, I'm just sort of calling it as I saw it. Um, so but, otherwise, the games are great. Right. Catching up with mates is great. But yeah, it was just like, yeah. Like you say, the other stuff, the the new rule set seemed really good. Uh, yeah. I know there's been a few, like few bits and pieces that are going to get FAQ'd and stuff, but the the game set actually went really well. The battle plans I thought were really really good. The worst one was probably the least favorite one was probably the arcane power, but the others all feel really new and fresh. Um, games like the five games I had were really good, really tight. Um, but like you say, sometimes you go away with a bad taste. Yeah. But in saying, oh yeah, I mean, we had to sit in a car for seven hours, so that probably didn't help. I mean, I was near death. I was so hungover, and I appreciate you driving the whole way, Lee. Um, I think I could have That's done right. it, but I don't know how well I could have done it, especially in that rain. Um, yeah, but in you, saying you that, didn't that a, <laughs> you, you didn't put up much of a fight. Do you want to drive? Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all right, mate. I'll drive. Yeah, oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was about that was about the sum of it too. Um, but again, in saying that, um, there was also some good things. The space, ta- the space at the event, the tables looked good. The venue was pretty good. It was a bit cold. Uh, having pizza brought on site was awesome. But the rest of it, I think James has sort of heard feedback. Um, and yeah, I think he's going to take it up the chin and go from there. And yeah, always, always catching up with mates that we haven't seen in a while. I mean, I had a, I had a fantastic Saturday night. Um, me and, me and Finn trying to sort of, one up each other, which just led to our demise, in all honesty, <laughs> which was and the, which is good fun. That Draconis yeah. army was really cool as well. Yes, yes, the Order Draconis yeah. army. He must have been the most bored guy there, though, because he was finishing his games within about thirty minutes or so. Like every yep. every game, he um, you know, he was he, yeah. he was it was winning. Yeah, James it James seems to win big or lose big, wasn't it, yeah. in the first couple of rounds? It's, it's more or less the army, but yeah. So that was that was the event. Um, so anything else to to add, Lee? Um, otherwise, we'll sort of look to start wrapping it up. Uh no, keep it PG. Keep it PG. Okay, well done. Yeah, you beat a bigger man. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Never. You're going to feed into my insecurities, Dave, if you say that. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> no one. Well, the first Age of Sigma 2 um, tournament done in the world and in New Zealand. 
that was really cool. Learned a lot of things. I uh, definitely need to read these missions before I take a stupid static gun line on me, which is not very interactive and pretty boring to play, to be honest. Um, you're really relying on a couple of dice rolls. Um, so what's coming up next? So we've got Call to Arms in Wellington in the first weekend of August, which we'll be doing some show coverage on. Um, so old mate Fraser, who's been winning events left, right, and centre, is running it. I'm not too sure if he's planning it or not, but we'll see. I'll have to get him on to ask him. Um, so that will be interesting. That, from what I understand, has about 35 people, 34 people registered and paid for it. So it's looking to be a decent size. Um, I think we're capped at 40 players because, again, one of these sort of convention con things where we um, are in there with a number of other yeah, buddy. and they've only got you know a finite amount of space. Um, so I'm going to that. Sean, you're going to that, eh, buddy? Yeah, buddy. Big outing. Um, and home, Lee, you're going to be back home. in the motherland um, <laughs> celebrating that, yeah. it, that it's come home, from what I hear. Yeah, the, the, oh, no, don't, don't start with that. They'll give, yeah. you, you'll, you'll, give me, you'll give me another stroke, all right? Yeah. I mean, it kicks off in about I, seven hours, so I'll be, I'll be yeah. out watching that, seeing if it really uh, is. Can I, just, um, can I just say a quick thing about Silverneff in, in the new rules? I should have oh, said that, on. really. Go on. What, yeah, okay, um, how, about, how about I phrase your question so it looks like this is professional and unprovoked? Oh, good. Go um, on. Go on. What was the functionality of your list, and did it play sort of as expected? <laughs> That's a really good question, Sean. Oh, um, thank you. Being <laughs> um, I think <laughs> I think Silverdeath are a lot better all of a sudden. Um, I think that the new battle plans really help the army come on. I don't think we'll see. I think Nalroot is still viable. Uh, Dreadwood will be amazing, but people will figure out its limitations really quickly. But um, yeah, it's definitely but why it a is big improve. Yeah, a big improvement at the moment. And I, I, but I think that's across the board. I think there's a lot more armies that have suddenly got a lot. But Death is amazing now. Death will be really, really strong. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, my, my takeaway from playing Sylvaneff was um, the army's as mobile as ever, and these new missions really re reward mobility. Um, and just being able to throw out, you know, like 10 dryads early in the game, and they get taken off, and you're like, it's all good, I can bring them back, it's not a big deal. Um, I mean, I don't know if people sort of play with that sort of careless nature, but just that sort of ace up the sleeve of people, I mean, pe I think people are still transitioning from you know, you can't bring on new models or new units and so on and so forth. So I, I think, think people uh, are targeting uh, units that were strong in the last edition, and we haven't oh, quite yeah. caught up with with the changes yet. So yeah, it is. I think in the next couple of months that will change. Who you pick to target first and second and things like that is, is definitely going to change. Oh, absolutely. There's always going to be a bit of a hangover between sort of editions and, and, and adjusting sort of feeling out periods. So. But no, I thought, I, my impression of Silverneff was that it's mobile, it's awesome. Um, it's looking like it's in a good place. And yeah, yeah, that's, that's about it. Um, so going back to the earlier topic, call to arms. Uh, me and Sean are going. Oh, it don't even tell me about on it. what day? 4th and 5th of August. So that's I have to paint one, two, three, four weekends all of away. Them. <laughs> I've, well, I've just seen that, but. This oh, is no, it's yeah, it's gotta be. I gotta bring them. Um, yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> they're only working hard to get those at least 
three colors down, get some, get everything based out is what I want to be able to do. Yeah. So we got to see if I get to do it or not. Yeah, I think, I believe there's going to be some pretty. Um, I hope so. I, I, I do like it. Is the way I'll put it. Soft scores for paint and stuff like that in the pack. I'm not entirely sure. But <laughs> me, yeah. Me, me and Fraser had this conversation on the Saturday night, but we were, um, I shouldn't speak for Fraser, but I was sort of on my way to being pretty impaired. Um, so I can't really remember what I, what I told him or what I recommended. He asked for my opinion on something and I was like, Arr! um, so yeah, but listed you on the 20th, which is not this Friday, but next Friday. So it's a two week sort of cutoff. Um, guessing that's just to check out all the new stuff and, and no doubt we'll get an FAQ like on that day, which will just fuck us all up. Um, so yeah, I'll be working on my Stormcast. I'm going to be working on my Sacrosanct, um, because I played a game today with some of it Secret and it's cool awesome. as shit. Um, there is more in the army than four ballistas. I will tell you that. Um, my, oh, bro, Secret is a six, like in all honesty, especially, you know, I was running the cleansing phallics, which if you cast the evocators empowered on them, which gives them reroll the wounds, it also gives them reroll hits. And then you pop the command ability from the Lord Arcanum on um, Griff Charger. So all of a sudden they're rerolling hits, wounds, and uh, saves. So they become like, if you've got them in a unit 10 or so, and unit 10, you can have four great hammers. Uh, they're two attacks each, freeze and freeze. If you're doing death and demons, um, if you had on a six, then you do D3 wounds. So like, if you can take a battle line unit, which is sort of pretty good, and make it's it just, just yeah. a bit bullshit. It's going to be. Uh, um, it's blood letters all over again, isn't pretty it? Pretty awesome. Blood letters is pretty awesome, various, mate. And now so sequitous. I'll be looking. Yeah, it's it's sort of a resilient, yeah. sort of hard hitting unit, which I'm I'm looking forward to getting some more games. And I'm playing Aiden tomorrow, so that'll be good. Going to see the right man, see what we can do. Um, so I've got a bunch of sequitous to paint. Um, before Call to Arms might do a show on the. I'm um, super on, keen. Maybe my thoughts, maybe Sean's thoughts on the Stormcast battle time. Don't know if you read it. I think it's been pretty well covered. Go through and... Yeah, I, I think <laughs> it's been pretty well covered, but maybe we can find some nuggets or not. Um, and talk you're about... Getting quite ex- yeah, you're yeah. getting quite excited when you were reading it on the way back. Oh, I was so happy. I was just in my happy place, so I was just... I was sitting there telling the lads about... <laughs> I shouldn't say this, but fuck it, she's not going to listen. About how it drops, like, you know, $1,500 in the hobby sort of in the last sort of four weeks between a, a couple of tournaments and then buying all the Soul Wars stuff. And um, and she's going away soon. And I was just like, you know, money's, you know, money comes in and that's fine. But it's pretty hard to, to ask to drop another sort of $500 on like Heroes and New Storm Cash shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, when you just, <laughs> when you've already spent this much money. Um, so it's going to be a, a bit of a hard sell with, with the other half. And um and then as I'm saying this, I'm sitting in the back buying the Stormcast battle time on my phone. <laughs> Not even listening to it my complaining about the lack of internet in rural New Zealand. Oh mate, I'm just like can we <laughs> can we just stop and tie happy for five minutes so it can download you know? But that's all right. So uh so I don't know how much of the new stuff I'm gonna run. Um I've got two Soul Wars boxes, so I'll probably try to use a lot of that. Um However, I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know when all the stuff's coming out. So GW's doing this really annoying thing where they're like drip feeding, drip feeding models and it's fucking stupid and annoying because I'd love to get my hands on. Is that the on, ugly um, retard looking thing? Yeah. And 
oh, what's it called? Toralot? Is that what it's called? Like the big, the big of this. <laughs> he, need, he needs a head swap, man. It's, um, <laughs> it's Belfazar Gelt, is what it is. Um, that, <laughs> oh, there we go again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had this for, I had this for six hours. It's Belfazar Gelt, you know. <laughs> well, it is. It, it really is. He's going to cast here and Doom or whatever the fuck he used to cast. I don't know. Um, Transmutation or some shit. I don't know. I didn't play Warhammer Fantasy Battle. Um, yeah, so I'll be working on, on Stormcast. Um, Sean's working on his daughters. Um, as I've just sort of said, list two weeks away. Um, I, if we, we will get the list, they'll be released, um, publicly, I assume after they've been checked. So maybe a week or so out. We might do another list review show. That's been our most popular show to date, which is pretty cool. Um, I haven't had any feedback on it. So hopefully people were enjoying it and hopefully we're a bit go, you know, sort of coherent, but. Um, maybe instead of covering all the lists, considering there's going to be doubled a number of lists at Court Arms than there was at Warhouse, we'll pick out a couple and go for them, or, or who knows what. We, we run a pretty sort of fluid show here. There's no real hard and fast rules. We just really get on the microphone, talk <laughs> shit, and just sort of make up topics as we go and try not to alienate ourselves from the community that we love so much. They see worse on the Saturday nights, man. <laughs> I think we're you good. Yeah. Oh, mate. I was, I was on fucking form on the Saturday night, I tell you, me and a few other lads, and then there was a few other lads who were, um, yeah, as I said, if you want to know what happens on tournament weekend when we go drinking, or when some people go drinking, come along. It's, it's not my place to tell stories. Um, so yeah, that'll be, that'll be awesome. Um, so anyway, when will the next show be? I don't know. Um, Maybe if Sean reads and digests the Stormcast book and oh, maybe bro, I, I can do the same. Maybe we'll get on and do a Stormcast right now. brief little free format about Stormcast because you've been pretty tempted yeah, about Stormcast. Yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to be able to help myself once I get these daughters cane together. Oh, uh, cheeky little chub. <laughs> cheeky. Something like that. I'm trying to tuck it up into my belt. Cheeky little under the desk at school chub. Is that what you got on? <laughs> All right, let's, we don't need to go down that road. Uh, but we sort of already have. But yeah, no, I've, I mean, my initial reactions to the Stormcast book is it's, it's really cool. Um, if you're using the Storm Host, you need battalions. Um, battalions are slightly cheaper, slightly less useful. They only sort of have one ability instead of having sort of two to three. Um, but they also have a lot smaller buy-in, which is pretty awesome. Um, especially some of the new ones where you're sort of taking you know, I was talking about the cleansing phalanx before. I think that's, that's pretty good because you would almost, you'd be taking two secure tools if you're running, you know, um, sacrosanct chamber. And, um, after using the evocators today for the first time, they sort of went off. They were, they were really awesome. Um, but even like the hellstorm battery, I think all up that is sort of five to 600 points just off the top of my head. So the point price and the buy-in has become a lot lower and the practicality has become a lot more well, it's just become far more practical, is, is what I'll say. You know, you're not filling up battalions with shit you don't need. So the accessibility for Stormcast to get battalions is definitely there now, and you're not having to use, you know, four units of this and five units of that and have an ability you don't really want and paying sort of 1,200 points for, for something you don't really want to take. You've just got so many options for uh, command abilities as well. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, some some are definitely better than others, and sort of that's what I was saying in the back of the car when I was talking to you, is um, because I've painted or recently painted, still painting my army Hallowed Knights, uh, because I like the lore of the Hallowed Knights, 
and I like the color scheme. Um, their abilities run in charge, and if you take a... Uh, God, which one is it? Lord Arcanum on insert mount here. Troll on, I think it is. You get to add two to the run rolls. Um, so that means you can have something like Palidors, and then if you've got enough command points, you can um, guarantee it a six for a run. So all of a sudden that unit is, is running 20 inches, uh, or 21 inches, because you get plus one to run and charge, as well as the plus two for the Toral on ability, and then guaranteeing the six. Um, and then you can obviously charge after that, because that's part of the command ability. Um, on chucking the cogs into it, you get another two inches on that, and then you get a, you know, a 2d6 plus three inch charge. So there's definitely ways to alpha strike. Um, or what I was looking at was, um, the, Oh my god, I've just name. Evocators, or is that how you say the name? Evocators? Or Evocators, I think I heard someone else say. On cats. Yeah, I've been calling them Evocators, but I think I heard someone say Evocators. Um, but if you chuck them on cats, it's the same, and they get a bunch of bonuses on the charge. And then there's all the synergies with the spells as well, and there's other command abilities where, like, you know, if you give this, um, another Lord Arcane and one, I think it is, on Dracoline, um, gives Dracolines extra attacks, so you can make these things move, you know, quite reliably charge sort of 24, 25 inches a turn, like quite conservatively, maybe even up to 30 inches. Um, but you're going to need to get sort of like what they have in 40k, where they have what's called like CP farm, like command farm, command point farm. Um, whereas you can't really do that. Um, I mean, you can take Tempest Lords, which you can generate extra command points, but then you're not getting the running and charging. So that means you'd have to get a Heralder to get the run and charge in, but then you're not getting the bonuses for the run and charge and the extra plus inches. Yeah, so there's so many layers to it. I haven't digested it at all, but my initial reaction is um, there's there's a, there's a fucking lot of rules in this book. And I played a game today, and I forgot half my hero phase because I'm not used to having all these wizards, and then wizards with custom spells... I just wanted to cast the Everblaze comment, which went off, and that was fucking awesome. So I'll be needing to do a cheat sheet. Um, but expect more from myself on, on the sort of commentary on Stormcast, and I'm loving the book. Um, and it's, it's looking really good. There's, there's lots of good shit in there. And GW, just please, like, just fuck your release schedule, and next week just go, you know what's really cool? Releasing all the models, because Sean has a tournament in two weeks, and he needs to hand in his list in a week. So it'd be really cool that he can actually include shit in his list that will be available to sell. So I don't turn up to the tournament looking like a fuckwit with only 1200 points of models because the other 800 points haven't been released yet. That'd be real cool. I'm sure you're listening. So or not. get or on not. that. You, you don't have to do that. Yeah. Oh, that's, 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 that's oh, harsh. Well, <laughs> Lee, you know, England, it's, it's not coming home no more now. After you oh, made that there's no that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Them's fighting words. That's, that's, that's just harsh. That's, that's another stroke now. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, I think um, <laughs> I think I've sort of rambled enough about Stormcast and um, talk shit about the English football team and no, my demise at GW. So um, we'll we'll call it there for the moment, lads. Unless either of you have got anything else to add? No, all good. No. Uh, Lee's on Twitter. Lee, what's your what's your Twitter, bro? If people want to slide uh, up in those DMs. Uh, AOS Wilmot is on uh, Twitter. I, I believe it's pronounced at AOS Wilmot. 
Um, oh, I, I'm, I'm new. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm, 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 I was yeah, Sean, 89. Even Lee managed to get it sorted. Um, and Sean, did you work out the it. Twitter machine? One of these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll have to get you on today I'll one take, day. I'll take that compliment. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. So sure that England's gonna throw it away, gonna blow it away, but I know they can play, cause I remember three lines on the shirts, jewels remain still gleaming, 30 years of hurts, never stop me dreaming. So many jokes, so Bobby Belt in the ball And I'll be dancing Three lights on the shirt Jules remain still gleaming Thirty years of hurt Never stop me dreaming Still gleaming